0: And uh, <clears throat> it was originally going to be called the Seers class, but uh, I didn't like the name. So it's Seen the Kingdom. This is the first time it's been taught, uh, even though it had a, a really good um, focus group. And that was a great experience. And some people were on this call from the focus group. Um, I got a verse last night um, for this group. I'm going to read it. It's First Peter 4. Um, Verses 7, 8, and verse 10. This is out of the the NLT translation. I think it's New Living something. Anyway, it says, uh, verse 8, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, Verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Um, verse 8. Um, the first time I read that, it, I, I felt that it was like, oh my gosh, the end of the world is coming soon. And there's several ways to, to hear that and read that. But the best way is to realize um, the importance of your time. Um, the end of the world is happening, but... Um, that doesn't affect us because we are um, sons of God and we get to either be a part of the new world or create the new world or uh, realize that uh, we're not of this world. So there's a lot of good pauses in there. Um, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Prayers is not just, you know, time on your knees or time um, on a list there, but it's, really be earnest and disciplined and in, in when you engage with the Father, when you engage with other believers. The, the best part of your time here in any um, training you do, if you realize that um, <clears throat> there's more value, more worth um, in the other believers that are uh, participating with you, um, and even with the speaker who's uh, leading, facilitating the session, if you set the the value mark higher on those who are contributing, and you realize that everyone who's at a believing um, engagement um, is is carrying uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, um, they're hosting the, the Father, they're hosting Jesus, they're hosting or, or carrying the Holy Spirit. If you set your uh, yourself to hear from God in them, then you will definitely receive everything God has. And um, and that's really a uh, measure of, of love and, and revelation and understanding as also a bit of um, honoring one another. Alrighty, righty. Hopefully everyone got your a little training piece. We're not necessarily going to go through it. Um, well, it's not a page-by-page page thingy. You can use it as a guide if you want to. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, you don't have to, um, and it's it's more for pre class and post class, but it it won't hurt if you have it open. It's good to um, jot some notes on it, and that's probably good. Um, my notes are a bit different, <clears throat> so um, yeah. So we'll have like two or three breaks throughout this um, for questions but if you, if you have something that's um, burning, feel free to go off of, of, off of mute and ask it and that'd be fine. I won't be uh, uh, interrupted by that. Okay, so the first part uh, of this class we look at the dynamics of seeing. okay, and um, you know we we've all um, been seen for a while But we're going to look at some of the dynamics of it so you can understand how this works, how it's working right now. If you're following along with your slides, uh, it's really that first slide with that little person standing in an upside down deal. But we all, um, everyone sees um, not the things in front of you you pretty much images come in through your, your natural eye um, that image is um, turned into uh, that light is turned into electrical impulses uh, through your optic nerve and through the wiring and synapses in your brain and then uh, your brain then uh, interprets that electrical pulse and creates a, uh, an image on the back of your your brain, and the reason why that's important, how you you need to understand how you see, um, is <clears throat> excuse me, is um, the your your brain has a lot to do with what you see, and even more so, it's it's almost like we we actually see what we believe, and it, you can't see things that you don't believe. So your belief system really determines what you're seeing. Uh, simple things like um, if if you're a uh, if you're a car person and you see a car in front of you, based on your um, belief system of the cars that you want to see and the, your car knowledge and the value you put on cars, when a, a car actually passes by you, you will see more of the car or less of the car. Um, right now, I'm, my daughter, <clears throat> who is 17, would like to have a Jeep, so um, I'm kind of wired to see Jeeps, and now, for this season, I see Jeeps all the time. But you actually see things you believe, which means if you don't believe in things, you won't see them. And so it's, it's real important that we start conditioning our brain um, to see things. Um, that's in the natural, that's in your imagination, that's in the spiritual. Um, we think that we, we see everything that's in front of our eyes, and that's not true. We, we, um, that image um, comes in, but we don't perceive it, Okay, and perceive is we, our brain does not give it a value, it does not give it a place. Does not uh, think you want to have it projected in your brain, okay? And so, this is where um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, some of us have a well. Very simple. If you uh, you need to train yourself to see, right? So, um, for, for people that are on this call who are saying who have said. Um, I don't see, well, first of all, stop saying those kind of things, because when you say that out loud, you're actually telling yourself and your brain that you don't see, and which is telling, you're reinforcing in your interpreter, in in your head, that uh, there are things which you do not see. Um, There are things which you do not value. There's things which you actually don't want to see. Um, So, we need to kind of Condition ourselves to see things. It's almost like if, for those in in, in, who took high school, and I think most of us did, um, in some places you had to take a a year or two of foreign language. Well, day one of your foreign language class, you had to. uh, You started learning um, the vocabulary. You started learning um, the culture. And for people that um, who've taken the languages or know the uh, languages. The best way to learn a language is through um, the—I uh, forgot the word—is the uh, when you when you dive fully in, when you're fully engaged, when you actually you drop into the culture and you're eating the culture's food, you're surrounded by uh, the immersion, full immersion technique. When everything around you is in that culture, in that language, um, and what that's actually doing—it's—it's—it's it's, it's conditioning. You, your brain, to accept the new sounds, the new taste, that all this new stuff, right? And this is why it's important for us as believers to um, be engaged with faith activities and faith endeavors and spiritual endeavors a lot more than um, uh, we're not. It's it's true, like for all of us who who've gone to traditional churches uh, or traditional surroundings. We start believing the reality of our environment and that we set limits on ourselves by our, our belief system um, if we have t- been anyway so that's just kind of true but back to this this first part of the natural but well, we, we've got to understand that our our belief system has a has a as a critical component of um, what we um, what we perceive right um, In the slide, we talked about how you know when you first see as a as a baby, it's a lot of um, working with um, understanding um, the what's being uh, what's coming in and what's being projected. Let's kind of pause on that. So there's um, a, a great mass of information or images that are coming in through your eye gate. Okay um then there's the things which are projected on the screen in your brain then there's the things which you recall okay um and so your your you uh have been working on that system and you've gotten faster over time you've gotten faster at um, receiving you've gotten faster at pro- processing and you've gotten faster on uh interacting with the image okay um, you know day one when you're a baby um, you're not used to seeing with your natural eyes so that's that's an exercise and you're not used to processing those images which you're seeing and you're not used to responding or reacting to the images which are actually formed on your brain and that's the whole thing about your visual system and the whole depth perception and the whole thing about uh, 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 working, engaging the the eye-hand coordination. Um, And so a baby, day one, uh, is totally open to everything that comes in its eye gate. It's totally open to processing every image. And it's totally open to receive and interact with everything that it processes. When we get older, we start shutting down um, that stuff we start making decisions of what's important to see. Uh, It's kind of like when you first start driving. When you first get behind the wheel of a car, all of a sudden, and you're moving, all of a sudden you're now processing not only the steering wheel and the mileage and the person who's sitting beside you if you're being uh, trained or uh, your folks are driving around, but now you're processing and taking in all the other moving vehicles and it's almost the first times when you're on the road, <clears throat> um, they tell you that you actually should be, you know, driving um, uh, in those back streets, you know, so that you're only processing um, your car that's moving and one or two other moving cars. The first time you get on the highway, and and now you're taking in all this other data, which is which you deem valuable. You need to know there's cars moving around you, and so your 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 brain is now. Processing more information, and because you've you've given a higher value on that, right? But some people don't make that that uh, that flipping a switch or a value piece, and they're afraid of the the new information. They don't do well. You know, the first time I went out to California was on the 405 highway, and um, I'm in DC now, so we've got three lanes of traffic. California had four or five, that was a big jump from where I was to, to there. Um, people who go from the US to over to Europe and they leave their highways at 55, 65 miles an hour and go over to Europe and there's no speed limit, some people don't do well in that. Well, when I went from uh, US to England and was driving on the other side of the road, my brain, and it's, <laughs> it, you know, it's been trained for so many years to want the see things and to process one way, and even with the group that went over to England for for work, um, just the you know we had a group of eight people and two of them um, were hit by cars in the first two weeks they were there because when they were crossing the street they were looking um, right then left instead of left then right and they'd step out of traffic not realizing there was a car coming towards them. Um, and it's, it's funny now, it was sad when these guys would walk in with, with cast on their legs, or the, the guy that, anyway, so. But we, if the more that you understand how you, how you see and perceive, then you can be in charge of it and not just be the recipient of it. Uh, we need to uh, uh, take charge or be disciplined in everything we do, um, because if you don't, your brain will start going automatic. And your brain will start filtering things out that uh, you do want, you do care about. So I use the word care on purpose. The things you you value, you will see the things that you put a value on. Okay. So a lot of us are not taught to put values on, in this case, we're talking about seeing the kingdom. The more that you put a value or a premium on the things in the kingdom, um, the more you'll see them. Okay. Now... Um, that's just true. It's, but what's a, also true truth is, it's, you'll hear people say, I, I've always wanted to see an angel. Um, so that's a want, but not necessarily a value. Okay. A value statement is, um, uh, a value statement is, is building a case for your site, right? Uh, and we need to get more, le- oh, oh, wow, I'm going to say that, yeah, we need to get more legalistic in the sense for what our rights are. Um, so your brain doesn't know its rights until you tell your brain what what its rights are. Um, you need to tell your brain that not only are you going to see into the God's kingdom, but you have a right to see. And the more you read the Bible, you know that gives your brain more information. The more you listen to testimonies, that helps condition your brain for seeing. So <clears throat> all that the takeaway from the natural and you know, the a dynamic of seeing is you got to stay in the process. Babies, day one, are wide open to everything that comes in, and they're wide open to processing. They don't throw away. They don't devalue anything that comes in. Um, and we, as we get older, we think we start judging quickly. Um, that's a good scripture. Isaiah um, 11 Uh, It's either, it's not verse 1, it's not verse 2, it's either 3 or 4, and it says that that, uh, uh, it's referring to Jesus, but it's also referring to every believer, every citizen of the kingdom, every son of God, that uh, uh, the root of Jesse um, did not um, or does not judge by what he hears or what he sees, and we have a tendency the way we're we're wired to make some amazing amount of judgments uh, about the information that comes in through our eye gate. Um, and we need to uh, reprogram our preset uh, judgments. So the, the concept of preconceived ideas, um, that's, that's what we do all the time. We condition ourselves. There are some people that uh, do not put those conditions on themselves. Um, I, I go to a congregation where there's a guy that um, before, and this is why there's people that um, before they were uh, saved or came to the kingdom, they saw, because they grew up without limiting their natural abilities, okay? Um, lots of, of us churchy people who grew up in church, um, we've been limited by our environment, by our teaching, by our stuff and we've been taught to filter things out. Um, people who are, uh, anyway, so there's a whole thing about training and coordination. Um, so, uh, like, like, I guess that's why uh, you know, the scripture, and I probably should add this to teaching, that uh, we know in the New Testament that, that you know, the Lord says to us to come to him, come to you know, the kingdom like a little child. Little children do not um, throw away uh, valuable information. They say it's all important, okay? We, wise in our own eyes, adults or, or young adults, whatever we are, we think we know stuff because we've taught our brain stuff and we are disregarding or devaluing stuff that we need to know, things that we need to engage with, uh, things which are actually there in front of us. Um, we So the, the verse for really seeing the kingdom might be, um, uh, realizing that everything that we see is made from things which are unseen, and we have the, the opportunity to see the unseen. And I think that's something that we need to, to realize and believe in, that we have the ability to see the unseen. That would be a good thing. So stay in the process. Stay on the journey. Um, work on your little voice track in your head that says you don't see because we all see. Um, and it's really about realizing that it's about um, you're you're seeing everything. Uh, it's the thing I'm perceiving, right? Um, yeah. Somebody just say this. I'm reading this from I think your slide deck. But a, a child by two years of age, a child's eye-hand coordination and depth perception is well developed. It's because for two years they were focused on that, um, and it. And looking back on my own deal before I started seeing things in the kingdom or perceiving them it took me right about a year but I was it was a dedicated year on seeing uh, children uh, this age are highly interested in exploring their environment and in um, looking and listening and so we as believers need to be highly interested in exploring and uh, and what is our environment? If we're seated in heavenly places, um, we need to be interested in exploring heavenly places. We need to be interested in looking and listening to uh, that environment. We need to step in at all times, uh, as often as possible. Uh, we have to remember that our environment is is the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we need to you know as sort our of focus in that if it's our the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom that means we can see the kingdom, we can explore the kingdom um, we can explore that environment which he's provided to us. we need to be looking and listening and be totally open to all that's that's there okay ah, okay, some of the other areas in our the dynamic of scene is um we need to uh I Realized that there's the, our imagination too, and uh, some of us have been taught, you know, on your journey, of seeing seen that um, your imagination is your spirit. I don't know, but the thing that's true is um, people with uh, uh, an active imagination, people who were, as they grew up, weren't uh, the imagination wasn't shut down or um, they were allowed to free think, they were allowed to daydream, they were allowed to ponder those kind of things um, those people have an easier uh, 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 transfer to understanding things in the spirit um, it, the imagination is, some people talk about is like your, your mind's eye and again this is giving yourself permission to see um, permission to um, view and explore all the information that comes in and we you know if we were memory chips you know or processing Computers, you know, we're doing like giga, Well, we're doing terabytes of data per. Well, I read this someplace, but we're doing a lot of terabytes, you know, per minute. Um, and we've got, you know, in, in, you know, we're all smart, we're all brilliant, and so, and we all been given this amazing uh, thing called a brain, which we need to to increase its capacity. But part of it is starts with uh, you remove the limits that you've placed on yourself. Uh, we've placed limits on ourselves uh, directly and indirectly and we've got to uh, realize that um, <laughs> Google Bytes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you should use that word. and You could sell that to Google. That might work, Andrew. But um, um, yeah, so we need work on taking the limits off. On. One of the ways that um, we directly, intentionally remove the limits off of ourselves is um, spending time with the Father. The Father has, uh, He does have a preconceived uh, um, a view of you because He knew you before earth. And if you spend time with Him, you can get His perspective on yourself. What does that mean? That means that you can't know who you are unless you know Him. Okay, It's just impossible. You can learn a lot about yourself from other people, but you can't learn who you are without knowing Him. And the first time you start engaging with Him, um, you're not getting the whole picture of you because um, you're, you're either asking 30 billion questions about everybody else or you're you're uh, not engaging, or you're spectating instead of uh, uh, well, spectating is good because Jesus only did; he saw the Father doing. But you have to move from spectating to interacting uh, with the Father. You'll never know the value of who you are until you hear it and see it from Him. Okay, um, that's where we get our, our destiny from because He we were preconceived, and He's the one that preconceived us, right? Um, so we need to, to rise up to that. Um, but, so, on imagination, imagination is is powerful, and it, it is definitely, at least the gateway to, um, understanding and seeing things in the spirit. Um, we know the whole thing about, um, the, when they were building the, um, the tower of Babel and stuff, that, you know, in Genesis eleven six. um, he realized that um, people were um, when we read it, Genesis 11, 6 and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one they have all one language um, and this they began to do and And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do and This is a this is a powerful statement from the Lord, so you know it's powerful and it's true, I'm just not making it up Uh, What's funny though is when is when scientists or uh, creative people start quoting God but giving God no credit. It's interesting. But this says that you're that if if you do this, that if you tap into your imagination, it removes the restraints. Okay, and this is probably, I guess, for me is one of the only benefits of uh, of watching. uh, This is my endorsement or not? I'm. Well, this is sad. there are some benefits for watching movies and TV. Um, one of the things about movies or even uh, listening to radio programs um, when you have a character that's doing um, the seemingly the impossible uh, and if you start engaging with that, it removes your own restraints. Um, for example, the movie The Matrix you're watching you know Neo go from being a part of the system to... Uh, out of the system and and learning to believe who he is and that's one of those you know really good you know foundational movies you know for for those in the kingdom and yeah uh there's just like a gazillion billion principles in there you know and I have some friends who are like well you know it's teaching the wrong stuff well I'm telling you <laughs> it it stretches you right um uh, anyway, so, remember my Matrix, I mean, I totally endorse the whole Matrix series. Um, anyway, but back to imagination. Um, people who have a natural proclivity or decide to imagine stuff um, have greater breakthroughs, right? Uh, in all areas of, of, their, of, their, of their life. Um, and there, there's something about that. Now, the uh, some people only stay in their imagination, right? And um, we gotta, you know, don't stay there. Uh, good place to be, but not necessarily the best place. But there's a, there's a lot of uh, parallels or similarities to the realm of imagination and the realm of the kingdom. Now some people get confused and they say that the kingdom is in your imagination. No, there's just a lot of similar principles like um, in the kingdom, you can fly, and in your imagination, you can fly. That does not mean that the kingdom's in your imagination, okay? But for people who have not ever imagined themselves flying, it's hard for them to go into the kingdom and see themselves flying, okay? And so the imagination is a great place to practice if you're still working on your belief system that... Um, you even realize all of the abilities and powers and attributes that you have as the Son of God. You can safely play with those attributes in your imagination. And again, the whole thing about children. I remember one time walking into uh, it was kind of we we're having a I don't know, pre-celebration party at, at one of our uh, church gatherings, and um, I was pondering the whole thing of flying. And uh, I realized, for some reason, I, I walked in, there was like there was like three entrances in, three entrances into our, our church. And I came in one way. Anyway, so what, the way I came in, I just kind of stepped into a group of kids. And these kids were, oh, probably 30 or 40 years younger than me. And, uh, and I just started talking about flying. And the funny thing was, I, in my, on the way to the meeting, I was, I wanted to talk to someone, but I knew that the people, some people that I knew, wouldn't readily engage with the conversation. So I just started talking to these kids, and it was funny, that they were like, totally accepted the thought, and they were, I was like, well, and I was talking about flying, literally flying in the building, and, uh, and I was like, well, you know, we start flying here, and there was not a single bit of doubt in these seven kids that I was talking with. And we started discussing, you know, uh, flying courses uh, in the room. And I was talking about flying below the ceiling and dodging the projector. And these guys were we could fly under the chairs, That's well, you guys could fly under the chairs. And we were have this whole conversation about the chairs and flying through stuff. And then they talked about our church at the time, met in the basement of a building. And they're like, well, we could go upstairs to the bigger room. We have more area to fly around. So we're having this great conversation about flying, uh, you know, on this Saturday afternoon in the building, in our bodies without, you know, whatever. Another adult walked over to the conversation. (laughs) And I don't know if they just brought disbelief or unbelievism or whatever, but they didn't say anything, but our whole conversation... It's almost like we were all couldn't fly anymore. This person walked over and says, "What are you guys talking about?" And we were all excited. We're talking about flying the room. We're just like, oh, oh, oh. and then the person, well, how do you? And they asked that question. And again, questions are good, but this person's question was more about. They said, "How can you do that?" What they meant was, we can't do that. And they started putting limits, like, you know, now it's not the time to fly. This is the time for cake and juice and. And if you fly, you might hit people, and, and all these limitations started <laughs> coming out. And it was, it was funny, our little group of flyers disbanded. and We met on the other side of the room because we were fully engaged. We were fully exploring the opportunity. We were highly interested in this uh, environment that we had in our imagination about the concept of flying you know, during the meeting. And we were starting to make up rules. You know, When was the best time to fly? Uh, should we fly during worship or wait after worship is it okay, was it impolite to fly during the message itself and uh, so you, uh, you can use your imagination as a safe place to, to practice but you know, take your imagination exercises and practice times to the Father who is outside of your imagination and say hey, I was doing this in my imagination is that Legal, can we accept that and do that in, in the kingdom? And that'll be a fun conversation to have, okay? And, and, and I give you permission to have that conversation. So, um, so obviously, I've talked about three ways so, uh, two ways you know, your natural eyes and your imagination. Now, let's get to the spirit deal. And just even acknowledging that we have spirit eyes is, is, is a breakthrough for some people. I know for gosh, most mm, a good portion of of my of of my uh, life in the kingdom, I didn't know we had um, other means. You know, I thought, and this is kind of wrongly taught in the church that, um, and, and and we don't do this, but we hear this. We say we we we'll, we'll, we hear a testimony about something. We'll, we'll do angels. We will hear a testimony about angels. Somebody will say, you know. Um, I spent time with my guardian angel, and he or she um, told me something. Now, what? So that's the that's the testament. But what we hear is, wow, you saw your guardian angel with your natural eyes in a open vision, and you must have seen his wings and his sash and his belt, and wow. I wish I could see in that detail and go on and on and on and on and on. And so we start uh, categorizing or putting limits or value statements or uh, a rigid construction around uh, what we expect to see, right? Um, and and we kind of miss out. And so so when you see something different than what you expect to see, you say, well, that couldn't be it. Because you've already built in these rules of what an angel in this case looks like, and, and you've said yourself, Well, if, if I'm, and you don't say that loud, you, 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 you start writing code in your little computer brain that uh, my angel encounter will be like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. If my angel encounter does not meet these conditions, then I did not have an encounter. That is not faith. That's religion, and that's being human. So, uh, I'm giving you permission to not be human, and be the spiritual son, daughter that you actually are. You are a spirit being. Every spirit being can see other spirit beings. It's a rule of the spirit. So, in in this in this view of your, you have spirit eyes, you have spirit senses. Okay, so we need to use those, right? Um, if you have a Bible. Let me turn here real quick. Uh, I'm turning... I should have told you. I told you to get pen and paper, not a Bible. That's a bad Bible teacher. Turn to Genesis chapter 18. Now, in conditioning your brain about seeing the kingdom, you should read stories about people who see in the kingdom. And this is one. In every story you read about people who see in the kingdom, you're training yourself to see and engage in the kingdom. And when I say seeing, it's just not like, ooh, look, I saw an angel. Wow. And when you go back, it's more like, okay, whatever you see, you can engage with. Whatever you engage with will change your life. And whatever you changes life gives you a great life. So it's all about that. Now, Genesis chapter 18. I guess we'll go with the first one. Now the Lord <clears throat> appeared to Abraham... By the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood at a little distance from him. He ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Now, um, in in reality, (laughs) uh, I guess, hopefully you guys have, have read through the Bible at least once. I used to think that was a must. It's not a must anymore, but we do need to have a good recall of the word. But don't get weird about it, you know. Um, I now believe we need to read what is um, the Lord puts on our, our our agenda to read. Anyway, but the first time I read this verse, I thought, well, this is just you know um, Abraham out there someplace in the Middle East, um, under his tent, and for some reason he's sitting at the door of his tent. I thought that was kind of rude because he's blocking his family from going in and out of the tent. And uh, he's sitting there, and he uh, takes off his sunglasses and looks out there. That is not it. When it talks talks about sitting in the tent in the heat of the day, at the door of the tent, that's really uh, kind of a trigger for us to be our... Our time when we step into the kingdom. Um, hopefully, the term "stepping in" and "stepping out" is, is semi-familiar to you. Um, but uh, the verse two, he lifted up he lifted up his eyes. That, whenever you see any verse, any situation where ugly, he lifted up his eyes, that is um, spirit language for he stepped into the kingdom, um, and so. And so just like you can, you can see with your natural eyes, you can choose to uh, perceive things through your imagination, you also can choose to see things in the spirit. So when it says here that Abraham lifted up his eyes, he was looking to engage in the kingdom. As he was looking to engage, the kingdom began to engage with him. Oh, I like that. So if you, as you start on this journey, to engage with the kingdom. When you set yourself up, hi, I'm a kingdom citizen, as it says in Hebrews 10, uh, uh, in Ephesians, I've been seated with heavenly places. When you decide to engage with where you actually are, then um, uh, they or the kingdom will start engaging with you. The New Testament says that as you draw near to God, God draws near to you. If you lift up your eyes to see him, then he now makes himself more visible okay like here so god was there and these three guys were there so one was god and two were either angels or they were men in white linen or they were sons of god who wanted to travel with the father and that's kind of cool because if these two guys could travel with god that means we have permission to travel with god and i think that's a lot what attorneys gonna be like is us being with him co-creating co-co-doing stuff um or send out on assignment on our own, but there will be lots to do in the kingdom. And that's my happy dog noise. Um, so, wait, so lifting up your eyes—this is uh, this is something that we should all be doing and practicing—is setting ourselves to engage in the kingdom. Um, our spirit eyes. We can. Um, one of the things about one of the benefits of praying in tongues is. Um, it strengthens your spirit man it strengthens your spirit abilities it strengthens everything the spirit for you to, to do some, some cool things and see but the goal is just not seeing things the goal is to uh, uh, to engage with those things the spirit just like Abraham engaged with God on that day in Genesis 18 um, Colossians 3 2 set your mind on the things above okay it's almost a command, set your mind. And it's the command that you have the ability to do that, um, which is really cool. We can choose what we want to see. We can choose um, uh, what we want to do with the things we perceive. Oh, that's
1: good.
0: Um, we <laughs> have an audience here at my house. My wonderful wife and my wonderful puppy. So, uh... In Ephesians 1.18, um, the eyes of your understanding. Uh, and This is one of those Paul prayers, which is a good thing to pray. If you don't have a good prayer life, just read Paul's prayers out loud and they'll help you. So Paul's praying, that the, the, let, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Well, these are your spirit eyes. It's just not your eyes getting you know getting contacts for your, your natural eyes. Um, some versions, the eyes of your heart. Uh, that you may know the hope of your, of your calling. Um, yeah, but it be enlightened, they be strengthened. Second um, Corinthians four eighteen. Uh, Since we consider this is amplified, look not to things that are seen, but to things which are unseen. This is giving you permission to look beyond what your natural eyes can see. Now, um, if you're if you grew up very uh, analytical like myself. Um, the first time someone said um, to do anything by faith I thought that was stupid because that was I only did things which were tangible uh, things which I could g- mentally grasp or, and, or you know and actually see but this this scripture here second Corinthians 4:18 gives you permission to see the unseen and if you can wa- if you can take this if you can believe this scripture, that gives you the ability for you to see things with the back of your brain, uh, stuff that others who don't believe they can see the unseen, we have to believe that we can see the unseen. We have to believe that we have some capacity to see things which are invisible to the natural eye. We have to believe that um, we can see. And if you believe, you'll see. It's not, it doesn't work the way around. I thought that um, God would show me, then I'd see. And he's been showing me stuff all my life, but I haven't believed it, therefore I didn't see it. And it's not that I see it, it's to perceive it. The The image was there. He communicated, um, he communicated either verbally, he communicated visually, but I may not have, uh, Not may not, I did not value it, it, Value it, it. I did not give it a value or place. My brain was wired to where it didn't come in like I wanted it to come in. It's kind of like, and I've <clears throat> shared this a lot. This is really stupid, but um, you know, my early education was a lot from television and comic books. And so, you know, when you, if you're as old as I am and you watch the the first Moses movie with Charlton Heston, you know, for for decades I thought God's voice. Um, was that bass voice from the Charlton Heston movie. And so every time I heard the voice of God um, in the first 10 years of my time in the kingdom, I knew it it aligned with scripture, but it didn't sound like the way I thought God's voice would sound. And so part of me, a lot of me, would say, well, I can't be God because it didn't sound right. And so I was making a judgment based on what I received from television—the uh, voice of God—and and so for years I would say, well, I can't be God because it's not a big booming voice like on TV. And so my a lot of my religious training uh, was based on what I perceived and gave value to, and my value put was the voice of God was really booming and loud. And, and if, if the Lord didn't speak to me in no a booming loud voice, it wasn't God, even though and there were scriptures and, and I could feel it and know it, but I didn't give any place for, I mean, a good 10 years. And finally, you know, I, I, you know, got out of my, I'm too important to ask questions. I said, hey, does anyone else, how do you hear God's voice? And I started, you know, take my own personal poll and I was shocked to find out that, that God didn't sound like Charlton Heston <clears throat> or that, you know, that bass voice or any other, you know. And the real shocking thing is the voice of the Lord sounds a lot like your own voice, which has freaked me out. So like, it can't be God. It sounds like me. Anyway. So, but when you're one spirit, you know, you're one. So anyway, that's just there. So <clears throat> excuse me. So the the key thing is, um, and we have all these you know these ways which we can perceive things right and uh, and, as we, and we think that we see only with our eyes we actually see with all our senses you can you know close your natural eyes and smell and 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 taking a smell and the smell can produce an image in the back of your brain you know you can smell the rain and then see the rain right you can close your eyes and, and smell stuff. Matter of fact, through all of your senses, images are produced. Because images are not just because things that come through your eyes. Images are produced on that screen in your brain uh, from electrical impulses. They're from frequencies. And so um, so all of your senses actually you know, produce all your inputs or, or, or change the energy, right? But your belief system filters or interprets those images and creates those images. And so, what you believe really matters. So, um, so the one the key things in having training or even this course here is to adjust your beliefs.
1: It matters because it carries a frequency.
0: Thanks, honey. So we need to condition and train our brain to value uh, what the, what's important in the kingdom so we got to find out what's important to the kingdom, what's important to the king. Um, we need to, to help our brain store this information so that we can recall these images in our spirit. Um, John 3.3 3 was, was a core scripture to help me in my journey into seeing things in the kingdom. It says, uh, Jesus said to uh, Nicodemus, I assure you, that I tell you, unless a person is born again, but the translation I'm liking more is, unless a person is born from above, he cannot ever see. And that's in the Amphipides where really get it kind of breaks out these words out. And, and Amphipides are good about expanding the, the limitations you have off of this. So vocabulary is important because vocabulary is the rules. Vocabulary affects your belief system, right? That's why it's good to know um, uh, the Greek and Hebrew it stretches you and it removes limitations, okay? Um, but it says he cannot ever see, and, and the word see here is know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God, right? And, and so hopefully we, we all understand this, it's just not about being a uh, passive observer of what everyone else is doing in the kingdom, but the Father wants to engage personally with you that Jesus came <clears throat> and lived and died and resurrected not just so that we could uh, 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 not go to hell, but he came that so we have life, and life more abundant. The most abundant life only comes from um, engaging with the Father in the kingdom, because our life is actually hidden in him. And so, it's impossible to have the best kind of life unless you're actually experiencing it. And I I... I grew up in, you know, very experiential playing sports all my life, but when I came into the church, I learned a lot, but no one around me was actually interacting with these truths. And that was kind of confusing to me, because every rule that I'd learned in my sports, I could go do. I could know it, talk about it, and go do it, but when I entered into the church world, I knew things, talked about them, but we didn't do jack. We didn't do anything that was in the rule book, right? And I thought, well, we can talk about it. We can think about it. We can imagine it. We're not allowed to raise the debt. Well, you know, that's the that team already did that. And the, the debt raising team, they're not around anymore. And you can't be on that team. Well, so we can only talk about it and think about it and imagine it. We can't experience it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and so... And so, until you hear that you—that's not true—you limit yourself. And so, that's why you know it's good to ex- expose yourself to stuff that you don't know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, So, ways to strengthen your your spirit eyes or giving more value is—is is, you know when you when you perceive something. Just don't immediately go. Well, that's too good to be true. I couldn't have seen that. It was. It wasn't there long enough. <laughs> write it down. You know, I found in this last like four years, um, I'll I'll perceive something, if you will. I won't get a good glimpse of it, but I when I if I write it down and say you know I think I saw. Well, actually, I'm doing two things. I'll write it down in words, and then I'll also try to sketch it. <clears throat> Now, I'm not a gifted artist, which I'm, t- I'm trying to take away those words, but if, if I'll do a stick figure of something that I saw, it's amazing that the next time that I think I saw it again, <clears throat> it's stronger because I'm recording it, right? And if you start reviewing what you wrote down, if you start reviewing your, your written description of what you think you saw, even though you saw it, but you think you saw it because, we say think because... It was not there in the, in, my, in front of me for two minutes, <laughs> you know. But I think, I believe, you know, we get all weird like that, but it's right now. And then when you revisit it and let the Holy Spirit do his job and, and bring back to your remembrance all truth and everything that you see in the kingdom is true. And that's why this is about seeing in the kingdom and not just by about the seeing in the spirit. Um, I believe that when I start seeing things in the kingdom, it helps me be more a kingdom citizen. It helps me to be who I'm called to be. And I'm a spirit person like you guys are. All right. So I'll take a pause here. We've almost been going an hour. Um, This is a pause for you guys to catch up in any questions. So, and and this also will help you to wake up. So, um, you can type a question. Or you can go off mic and ask a question. If you have no questions, we'll press on. But I know there's some out there. So, off mute and speak. Thank you. Go for it. Good question. So, let me repeat the question for the recording. Um, the question was, what's the, you know, I'll paraphrase it, what's the role of cleansing the gates and actually seeing, and I'm going to, let me answer it two ways. One, um, the first real book or thing I got from Ian was uh, his book on the, the gateways, and at that first meeting three and a half years ago, um, he said he did not see things in the kingdom until he worked with his gates. He worked with his gates for five years before he saw stuff, okay? Um, so that was like, five years? I don't have that much time. But then he went on to say, and it's in, it's in the Gateways book, that when he, um, again, he got the Gateways book As a revelation but he didn't see anything by faith that book is one of his first downloads okay Uh, and by faith he did what he heard and then as he did what he heard on that journey then he saw so which is key so um and he talks about it's out of relationship now so then flip back to me until i dealt with the first love gate because it is out of relationships, out of the, that we're loving the Father. Until I started loving the Father, not just not liking Him and just not being thankful for Him, just not being grateful for Him, but growing in love for Him. That's when I started to see. Okay, so it's not about fixing your eye gate because the seeing things the Spirit. You don't need to. You don't need natural eyes to see things the Spirit. You do need your spirit being. So, all those little gates, the spirit gates, which I used to have memorized, but they're now in my notebook here. Uh, me... Anyway, so, if you, if you cleanse or work on your spirit gates, um, that'll help you see, um, especially the gate of intuition, right? Um, and then if you work, so, the next one would be the gate of the mind, which is your conscious, subconscious, your unconscious mind. Subconscious mind and conscious mind, and I'm actually going to talk a little bit about that uh, here somewhere in this in this teaching. That we need. It's actually the last part. Where's my spirit gates? Gates, gates, gates. I had to write them down on my phone so I would remember them all because I need to. I need to give them attention. What's a gates teaching? It's not my list of gates. Um, but a yeah, great question. But but at the same time, it's not like I can't see until I do all. Uh, I cleanse every gate, but if you have a if there's an issue with seeing, I work with the gates. I I spent on the book or going through my gates. I spent like mm, uh, a total. The first time through the gates, I spent 30 hours going through all my gates. Okay, and with the emphasis on my love gate and the spirit gates. So out of that 30 hours, I probably spent. Twenty-five of those hours on the Spirit Gates. So and so, the first the Spirit Gate, the spirit Gate of Revelation, key to scene, uh, intuition. I mean, if, there, if, if you had to pick a gate that you really need to open, be intuition. Okay. Um, yes. So if you had if you only had to pick two to help your scene, uh, Revelation and intuition would be the two that need to be, the more open those two are, the, the greater your ability to see, okay? So that's, uh, uh, I guess, third-hand information from Ian and first-hand information from me on um, gates and, and how they play and your ability to see. How's that? Any other, cool. Um, uh, another question from you, Andrew, or anybody else? Is everyone awake? Everyone's awake with their phones on mute and they're so tired in the morning they can't press the mute button. Okay. Sure, bring it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's very good. I mean, and again, from, you know, I guess my secondhand information from Ian, you know, again, for. His he uses triggers to 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 train himself, and his first one was stepping in, stepping out. So when he would mow his property, you know, as with the lawnmower, with each step he would step in to the kingdom by faith, and believe he could see, and then he would step out of the kingdom with his next step, and um, administer the kingdom. To the area he was at, then he'd step back in and he would do this on this large property. So I heard this deal and I would, and so I was, you know, the first time I stepped in was at his conference, my first conference I went to, and the first, I don't know, eight steps or 10 steps, I said, This is stupid. All I'm doing is taking a step forward. <laughs> I'm in front of my drum, I'm now behind my drum. I'm now uh, I'm now uh, in the worship area, I'm now back. And so that was not my faith, that was just stupid. <laughs> and so I realized, okay, I'm not doing anything. I'm just taking a step forward. I'm not even adding faith, I'm not adding nothing. I'm not even adding my imagination. And I realized, well, that's not helpful. So I started going, okay, I believe that with this step I'm entering, you know, in and the reason why you do that is you get to where you don't have to step in anymore. So I go from you know uh, a third no, a Friday morning no Friday afternoon evening, stepping in uh, you know inside a church. Then on s- Sunday or Monday when we're driving back, I'm in the car thinking, man, I wish I could pull off the, the road and-, and do some stepping in, stepping out. Then my brain or someone said to me, well you don't have to actually step to step in. I had a, so as I'm driving, oh, so I, I, I would lean forward while I was driving and I'd lean back. But so now, it, you know, I, I know that I don't have to physically move my head or move my feet to step in. I can, you know, so you need to change yourself because we're, we're always seated in the kingdom and we just have to recognize or remember that we're there, right? and the, the benefit for me personally it helped out because for years earlier when I was trying to you know, you know it's about integrating, you know, being who we really are so when you realize that Matthew, the last verses in Matthew 28, it says lo, I'm with you you know, or behold or lo, I'm with you always even to the ends of the earth um, when you're trying to live for the Lord when you, when you recognize he's always with you um so what I would do on the football field to live for the Lord, I would see, you know, when the, the line markers cr- cross, I would see a, a cross and that would remind me that Jesus is with me, which would remind me to do all things as unto the Lord since he's here, since he's watching me. And so I would use the, a, the, the goalposts which form a cross or the lines in the field which form a cross to remind me god is here which reminded me of the truth which the bible says he's with me always to remind me that um you know don't don't knock out that guy because you hate him but you know in great love for the lord you know use your gifts unto him and so it's it's good to 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 have reminders uh to use uh, tangible things to remind you of where you really are um and we and that's the journey we're on right now um the more you do that, the less you have to do those triggers, right? Um, but like Andrew was saying there, the curtain thing is an amazing uh, way of practice. Uh, every time you open a door to get into a car or house or room, that's a trigger to Revelations 4, you know, there's a door open and you enter in. And it's, it's just that simple. So we need to get used to uh, stepping into the kingdom. Okay, uh, what's up with the pineal gland because it has a retina and eye cells? I don't know. Um, there's a lot about our brain that's in there for a purpose. Um, it's a lot in there in our brain, with the pineal gland that uh, uh, is available for us to use. And uh, the thing about the people, whether it's a neuro neuroscientist or a Someone who's focused on the penal gland because um, the ancient guys, uh, ancient guys, Egyptians, Greeks, mostly the Egyptians spent a lot of time trying to uh, uh, strengthen, enhance whatever their, their penal gland. Uh, there, there's value in that. Uh, there's benefits in that. I, at this moment, don't know, well, actually I do know, I, I'm choosing to spend more time in growing my spirit than growing my natural peace, uh, only because the scripture says that um, whatever man sows, you know, God's not mocked. Whatever man sows in the spirit, he'll reap in the spirit. Whatever man sows in the flesh, he'll reap in the flesh. So, I'm 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 putting a lot more investment on doing some things which the Lord has directed me versus some good information about. Uh, sources about the penal gland, um, the whole DMT stuff, uh, and right now that's what I'm being led. But there's information, uh, but I, I know uh, if you have a choice between doing something uh, in the spirit or doing something in the natural, uh, choose spirit uh, because it has a, a greater return on investment than just doing things in the natural. So. That's all I know. Any other questions, written or audio? righty. Okay. Everyone type something. Let me know you're awake. Andrew's awake because he's typing. Andrew, go back on mute because I can't hear you typing. <laughs> okay, we got two people over here, the rest of you are not here. Okay. Yeah, Aaron, what's up? yeah so yeah. good catch, Aaron. so I dropped the nugget up there. and You're the only one that picked it up. <laughs> okay, so um, for, for example, when um, uh, I, I play Scrabble to increase my vocabulary, okay? And so every time you're, every time you' you think on something or you experience you have a new experience and new words or new experiences, right? so like i choose the the amplified bible because it gives me the word you know see which means to know to experience and if you listen to um hold on a second oh no too much anyway so um the the thing is so i said vocabulary because every, every word uh in the bible in the kingdom Is a gateway and you can explore every word. And so the greater your vocabulary, this gives you more opportunities to go more places, right? So, for example, um, uh, I I gave everyone, I I think everyone on the call received the PowerPoint, right? Some people actually went through the PowerPoint, okay? Uh, Some people didn't. Some people studied it some people went through it three or four times and every 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 word on every page there's there's life in every word when jesus spoke he said my words are, are spirit and truth or spirit and life right uh in john 6 you know one of the disciples says well where should we go you, you're the only one that has the words of life right so if you increase your vocabulary whether it be through reading of course you got to pick the right stuff you increase your diet right um, so, uh, uh, th- you've heard the, the thing about um, everyone's got a, a, a wine in the Lord's wine cellar and, and you can go down there and drink the wine and people, well, okay, I haven't done that yet, well, once or twice, but uh, that same life thing is reading their biography, what, what was their, vote in that biography, what was that person's vocabulary? You know, things like, um, I've read excerpts from the book, the, the, uh, the uh, biography of, uh, I forgot his name, scientist George Washington Carver. Um, this guy, you know, was one of the top scientists of his day, and he goes, he's in front of Congress, and they're like, where did you get these inventions from for the peanut and all these other stuff, right? And he says, uh, the creator told me. And so this guy is on record in Congress, you know, he wasn't testifying, he was just telling the source of his knowledge, he gave glory to God. So when I read about another man of God who leaned not on his own understanding, but trusted in the Lord, that is me swapping words out. So like, um, we all know God as God. But when you find out the word G-O-D is just a title and not a personal name, then you learn that, oh, the Father God has 365 names because either you bought the I Am poster or you read it or you know you could teach her and you start tapping into <clears throat> um, the fact that, oh, the Lord starts reviewing, revealing himself by his names and you find out the names there's meaning something in every name because those are words. and Each, each word has a frequency. Each, there's stuff in each frequency, right? So when you learn that uh, one of the names of God is, of, of the God, is is Abba, uh, you're like, Abba? What does Abba mean? Abba means Father. So then you can go do a whole word study on Father and what are the good characteristics of Father. And everything, that every word that you embrace, that you agree to, changes your brain, it changes your belief system, because your belief system is based on words that you agree to, agree with, and the depth of those words is actually the frequencies, everyone who's listening to me now, or even listening to you when you gave the question um, statement your, your ear takes that frequency in takes that frequency, switches it changes it, converts it to energy and then your brain does something with it, either says, I like that or I don't know what that is, or, uh, you know, for me, myself, Wally Johnson, is this time valuable? <clears throat> do I want <clears throat> to put value on Aaron's words? Well, I do, so my brain says, I know everyone who's speaking here, I've set myself before the call started that, everything, I'm engaging with nine or 10 spiritual beings, I'm set the value high, so when someone says something, question, comment, whatever, I've already preset myself to value those words and I have a good interpretation for the words, right? And I don't devalue it because I don't understand because, but I've been building up myself with an understanding of words, vocabulary, so I can put a higher value in those things. So, the greater your vocabulary that gives you, it takes off limitations uh, of what's going on. So, ABBA. Abba in the Greek is not there, but it's definitely it's a Hebrew word, right? Then you can go into different words places or where the word Abba is actually mentioned, but you can't do that in a King James Bible. You have to go with your Hebrew in a linear Bible, right? So now you're doing word searches. Then if you go into if you find out there's the Hebrew, then you find there's Paleo Hebrew, which is the picture version of Hebrew, then you're into what? Each each letter is actually a picture. And each picture is an image, and each image you can actually step into. What are you saying? Then you find out each image in the Hebrew letter has a agricultural picture and a uh, what's the other one? Agricultural and something else. Oh, I forget that one. Uh, I just lost it. But there's this there's this depth so you can explore, right? And So if your if your vocabulary is limited, which means you limit yourself, then you won't journey into a word, right? And every word that really has its origin in the kingdom will take you back to the kingdom. And that's what I mean by increasing your vocabulary. This gives you more doors or more, more ways to access our Father, and more ways to access our, our, our places, our citizenship, and our rights, and um, um, our, uh, to explore the boundaries, right? There are people that own property who have never, never been to their property right and they think well I, I have three acres of land therefore um, therefore'm I'm, I'm good so yeah how's that Yeah, so on that there, Ian does have a great teaching on that, and he says this the first time he said it. Actually, the first five times he says this, I was like, I was horrified. Not horrified. I was like, I was, I was in great disbelief. He talks about you know the the Bible, <clears> the <throat> you know, Old Testament or New Testament. You know all those stories and testimonies. They're they're they're, they're people's testimonies or people's encounters that are documented. He says he likes hearing other people's testimonies and he uses their stories as a gateway which he enters into. I thought, that's illegal. You and what happened? what he says, and I've heard him say this live, I heard it on tape, but you know, he'll be someplace and actually I've been there and I've watched him do this. Someone will share a testimony and he will you know, take it in. And he'll go back and, and revisit their experience more than that person did. So he'll take their words and he'll go enter into their words. And I heard them. I, I first I thought, you can't do that. That was their experience. But what I, what I what I find is true is people have these cool testimonies, and they only experience it the one time that they did it, and they don't go revisit it. And so just like. Um, uh, uh, Jacob's ladder, you know, Jacob, you know, fell asleep on a stone, and you know, ladder appeared and got to the top. You know, well, Jacob did that, um, but I've been on a few calls, conference calls lately that people are going back that same ladder and going up and down it, so they're entering into Jacob's experience, Jacob's testimony, and they're they're getting value out of that, right? So we we can do that for every, every person you know who's living. They share their testimony, and that's, you know, you can enter into theirs and, and walk into their, step into their testimony. And so, a little, little tip when I, I, and somehow I took that statement from Ian, and somewhere along the line, I, when I do it, when I do, if you ever tell me a dream, I, I'm an admin on a dream interpretation site. I'll read the dream, and so some people interpret dreams by um, the words there. and They'll pull out their, their dream dictionary, and they'll go, blue means this and stuff. What I do, I step into their person's dream, and I go into their dream, and I experience their dream from my vantage point, and I tell them what I saw in their dream. And what's fun is I'll see things which they didn't write down in their dream because I stepped into their dream. And so it's a big... Um, exercise of faith for me, but it's so fun when I'm like, Well, why didn't you pull that cord? They go, Yeah, I thought about that. Wait a minute, I didn't write that down. I go, Yeah, I stepped into your dream. I saw the cord that you forgot to write down. And so I wasn't, I entered into your dream by the 18 words you wrote, but I saw more than the 18 words. And so that's what I'm doing. I'll, I'll step into someone's dream when, for interpretation. So, yeah, you can do that. So there's a lot of gateways, but uh, what do you do with your time? You know, we we choose. We if whatever you value, you can have. Okay, and so if you if you value that word because you know what it's worth, you can step into it. Okay, that was my amplified answer. You're welcome. All right, any other questions? If not, we'll move on. Okay. I think we're moving on. Three, two. Okay, no one. Okay, no. I don't th- and do you have another question? the question is: Is there a prince? Ian refers to a principality. Is, is someone that stands between you and entering the kingdom or seeing the kingdom? Yeah. So let me. And I'm I'm not gonna. So you you did his quote pretty good. I can't do it any better. But let me talk about the principle that he's referring to. Okay. Because um, he's actually trying. Ian is semi-quoting, or actually quoting, a Hebrew understanding of the word principality, okay? Um, and then he gives a application of the principality in his definition. But let me say this, that uh, there isn't a unique demon thing that's sitting in a gate that's stopping you from seeing, okay? Uh, now, can something sit in your gate, in any of your gates, to hinder you? Yes. Um, Do you have authority to go to your gate and kick anyone out? Yes. Um, Should we do that? Yes. But the first thing we have to do is, again, on the gates that Ian puts in the gates, but there's probably more gates, but at least deal with those. But it's not, so once you um, deal with your, your, once you, uh, and I, let's talk with uh, the gate of intuition, okay? So. You you know, you step in the kingdom, you you work in your first love gate, and you realize and you know that God loves you and the Father is dwelling in you, and and the love of the Father is yours, and and you're totally accepted whether you do something for Him or don't do something for Him, you're totally accepted, so you're free in the love of God. So with the love of God, which means He's always with you, you walk up with Him to the intuition, to the gate called intuition, because... During this teaching, I said intuition is important. While you're standing there in front of the gate uh, called intuition, your gate is either open or closed or partial. When I first time went to my gate, intuition, my gate was was shut. I was shut like, um, and I tried the handle. If you read Ian's book, he'll talk about when he talked about the first love gate, there wasn't a handle. <laughs> okay. So then he had to believe for a handle. Then he could open it up. But anyway, so there was a handle. It was closed. And so I opened up that. Now, there was, there was, was. I didn't perceive anything standing in the gate. Now, some people have invited things at the gates. Um, now, when I dealt with that gate there, intuition, what I didn't realize was a year before, I had, um, if you will, this is, what's the word? I had put two if you will, locks on that door. I know this now. I didn't know it then. And so a year before being introduced to the concept of gates, um, uh, a, year, a year or a year and a half before, um, I had I had, learned, had a class on seeing. And in the seers class I took four years ago, five years ago now, I didn't believe, or four years ago, I didn't believe that I could see, so therefore I didn't see. A year later, the Lord... Brought to my mind that I had actually made a vow against seeing. I had said to myself, which I found out was a lock on the intuition door. Um, I had said several things. One, I didn't think intuition intuition was important. So intuition is knowing things without prior uh, knowledge. You know, my wife is a knower. She knows things without being there, seeing it. She just knows stuff. And so, uh, since I couldn't do that, I despised knowing or intuition, so that was lock number one. I had to uh, undespise people who knew things. I liked, I liked, loved or worshipped knowledge, and I thought the only way you can get knowledge or knowing is through uh, achieving and acquiring it and gathering it. And I was a good gatherer of, of information and knowledge. And I didn't like people who could just know something without gathering it. So that was lock number one. So the one lock on my door called intuition was uh, despising. Okay. Another lock on that door was was fear. I didn't want to know things that might hurt me. Okay. I thought if I knew something or knew or saw something that could hurt me, that it would it would hurt me. I was believing the childhood game of pulling the blanket over your head. If, there's, if, if I can't see it, it can't see me. Therefore, it won't bother me. That's a childhood lie which I was living in as a, an adult. And so I had said to myself, I do, want, I do not want to see into the spirit because if I see a demon, it may scare me or get me. Therefore, if I don't see anything, good or bad, I'll be safe. That was a lock number two that was on my door called intuition. Now, whether that was a lock or I gave permission for someone to sit there, a principality to sit there in my gateway and help me not enter, no big difference. Uh, I still have authority over a lock or authority over anything in my gates. right? So let's pretend like that lock, which I said was a lock was actually a spirit of fear. Um, In my gate, if a spirit of fear is sitting in my gate, then it takes on the title of principality. Principality is a title. Okay, it's a it's a it's a a title responsibility. A principality governs a territory, governs a space. A principality is anything that has a territory. We get to be principalities. You know. Um, two years ago, my New Year's resolution was to be a principality over five cities. My people, my friends, right? Like, you can't be a demon. I'm not a demon. I'm taking. am being. I'm stewarding territory, right? So let's pretend like um, I gave permission for fear to sit in the gate called intuition. So therefore, fear took the invitation, sat in the gate, and said, "Not only am I the spirit of fear, but I'm the principality over this place called." Wally Johnson's uh, gate of intuition, and so when I came to that gate with my loving father, who I now love and trust, and we saw that someone was sitting in my gate, and it wasn't me. Uh, the father gave me authority. Uh, Wally, you have authority over all tread, you know, you know, treading scorpions beneath your feet. Uh, speak the word. All these things which I've learned. Now I've got to use that, right? So at my gate, I said, well, I had to repent for despising intuition. So that was me. while well, repent. Yay. Um, repented. Then when I saw something there, I had to take authority over it. And now I've been given authority to deal with anything. So if there's something sitting there, it is a principality. It's not bigger than me. It's just in a position uh, over a territory called my, in this case, my intuition gate. So I need to go, okay, hey, you're not supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be there. First of all, open the door, let me in, and get out of my space, right? So by the blood, by the testimony, by the authorities give me, I'm now displacing a principality in my gate. And now, now that the entity is gone, now I can do the third thing. I have to enter that gate, which means I have to believe that I have intuition. I have knowledge and insight Uh, based on things which I did not know by me gathering information, right? So by faith, I go through that gate. And by faith, I let the glory of God, which is in my inner being, flow through that gate. By faith, I I leave the door open so that I can enter in through my spirit gate called intuition into my soul. I'm allowing the glory of God, which comes out of the first love gate, to go through at least that one gate called intuition and... So that, door, that gate is now open and it's not locked. It's not. I can close it open to whatever I want to do, but I can push it wide open so I'm now open to know things which I've not uh, uh, gleaned from deep study. I love studying, so that's not wrong with studying, but I was only putting value on things which I personally found in the scripture or on Google or whatever. I did not put value on things which just Floated into my consciousness, or whatever. Okay, so anything standing in your territory gets a title called principality. Anything on your territory, it's there illegally, and you need to take authority over it. And that's how you take a gate. How's that? Okay. Uh, just for fun, so when I went, to, so when I went to my gate, uh, the fear of the Lord, I saw a uh, it wasn't it wasn't bolted, <laughs> but it was a big gate that was really old with moss going on it, and had never been used. Okay, and I was like, this is a sad condition for a gate, you know. It wasn't locked. It had a, it was a rusty hinge and a, it was all rusty, uh, unused. I remember being really thick boards and. And ivy and, and decayed, and, you know, so it, it wasn't locked, it wasn't open, it was just never used, right? So there wasn't a demon there, it was just a place where I never went, which meant I did not honor, I didn't, I didn't honor him as a king, I never went through that gate, right? And so all the gates that are in your life, and, and the gates are just areas in your life that you need to be submitted to the Lord and so the gates are just an analogy, you know, uh, of understanding you. Just like the the mountain, you're a mountain is another way of, of your life being submitted to the Lord. Okay. Good questions. <clears throat> uh, thank you. Thanks, Andrew. You had the most questions, and thanks, Aaron. Um, okay. So this whole thing, you know, that as we transition to this next part. Um, y- I mentioned conditioning the brain. So the 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 big word on that, if if we're trying to increase our vocabulary, is neuroplasticity. Everyone say it, neuro. <laughs> you get bonus points if you can write it down correctly. But um, it just means we have we've been created with the ability to change our mind. Okay, um, we have and and all your life, whether you're three or three hundred and thirty-three. You have the ability to reorganize your neural pathways, uh, but the way you reorganize them is by new experiences, right? So this is one of, the, one, of the, one of the motivations of going to a conference, or going on a Skype teaching, or going on a Google teaching, or going on a uh, Mike Parsons mentoring session. Is you get exposed to new stuff, and that's, a, that's how you reorganize your neural pathways. This is how you. Change your belief systems, right? Um, so that's why you know. Um, I think uh, I think this is the reason why. But uh, the Lord, uh, two or three years ago, started saying, "Stop saying you're going to go to heaven. You need to make heaven your home. You need to visit Earth." And so I'm like going, "Okay, that's a different perspective." But the more that you're in heaven, you get more new experiences, and then you align your soul or your mind with your spirit and a house divided will a house united will not fall and we need to unite our spirit soul and body so that we're fully functional in any realm we go to right all righty so okay doing good um this next section in this deal i want to talk about uh barriers and obstacles to engage in the kingdom and um and that was a good segue about the gates because that's some of the stuff that hinders our ability to uh to enter in there um i said a statement earlier um you know we need to see so we can be um another one would be um my motivation for seeing the kingdom i mean people have lots of motivations i mean the one that I fight against is, um, if I seen the kingdom, I now have a testimony. If I share my testimony, uh, I can write a book. I mean, because I've written three, um, I can. People will like me more. People will will listen to me because I had a cool testimony. Right? That's so sad. Uh, here's one. I was. We were down in. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak in in North Carolina and. And after we spoke, we were talking. We were, we were trading um, stories on trans relocation. Now the people who were trading, <clears throat> I was telling some Ian stories. I was telling some Jeff Jansen stories. So these were all secondhand, thirdhand stories. And another person was. They were sharing their stories, and they were secondhand, thirdhand stories. And we're all excited about these secondhand and thirdhand trans relocation stories. And um, yay! And then this lady walked up to our little excited zeal filled group of swapping transfer location stories and in a in a very quiet uh way she started sharing a story, but her story was not second hand or third hand it was first hand and I realized that I should pay attention to her, but she was not doing anything to to uh have any attention on her but she had a real story we were just telling stories that we'd heard. And this lady shared three amazing stories when she trans relocated. I'm looking at her going like, she did not look like a person that would went anywhere. She reminded me of um, well, I used to watch Andy Griffin a lot and she reminded me of Aunt B and I was like, Aunt B doesn't change the world, but anyone who's walking with a, with a king can change everything. And this lady was popping in. To, I mean, it was it was wild. Anyway, so I see I do things in the kingdom so that I can be with the king and not just have cool stories to tell people. Um, as you can tell, I tell a lot of stories, and so I'm a natural storyteller. And I, and and something in me would want to tell stories that uh, that would make you like me more. But as a citizen of the kingdom who's walking in his gift in honor to serve other people, I need to tell stories that encourage you and strengthen you because that's my gifting and calling is to impart so that you'll be changed. And every time so I have an obligation to my king and to my gifting and calling to, to communicate in a way that you are all transformed. And so that's what I'm doing. But I want your motivation to adjust to the fact that I want you to see in the kingdom so that you can be with the king. And again, that's relational based, right? And I'm finding more and more and more and more and more if the, if the reason for what you're doing or what you're seeking, you know, for the conference you're going to or the Skype lesson session that you're attending or the Facebook uh, group that you're in, if it's to help you in your relationship with the king, that's a great reason. If it's anything other than that, it's you need to question that reason and, and change it. So, uh, I think you have the slide, and I don't think I've changed it. <laughs> I don't think I have, but it, there should be a, a slide in your deck that I sent you that has you know an eye looking at a brick wall and and a king in a castle and stuff. And when I want to hit these kind of uh, a little bit, uh, yeah. So there's there, are, there's probably more than six reasons why people see or don't see. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, we'll Wally, stay focused. Here we go. So uh, I think one of the biggest ones is fear. We kind of talked about that a minute ago. That um, there are Obstacles in our brain that we've put there, and again, we put there. The enemy has not jumped in your brain and put something there that you can't remove. Everything, every we we were built to overcome everything. Your design is overcomer. We overcome. That's who you are, and you need to see yourself as a victor, not a victim. Okay, so. So fear uh, is a big brick, I think it's probably a wall by itself, not a brick, it's a wall. But, But love, desire for the Father, demolishes that kind of wall called fear. And what I've done most of my life is I have tried to confront obstacles on my own, thinking that was what the Father wanted. The Father actually wants me to... Uh, work with him to uh, uh, abolish things, right? Uh, but he wants to strengthen me and use my foot to crush things, if that makes sense. He wants me to do things in union with him and not uh, independent from him. I am learning sometimes, I'm a fast learner, sometimes I'm a slow learner. I'm getting better. That's about that union. Um, but the union goes better if if he's my first love, okay? And if if the Lord really isn't your first love, um, you can make him your first love. Now, it, the problem with that is we have to be honest with ourselves. And it's an easy love test. All you gotta do is look at where you spend your money, is one way, other way is your time. So if your money, I guess i mean, not calling you not your utility bills, but where you spend your um, money is already obligated. That is an idea gives you a direction of, of where where you're investing. Okay. Same thing with time. What do you do with your time? You know, um, that shows you kind of lot what you uh, dare I say what you worship, right? So people. you know, uh, know, I could live in the gym, right? I could spend four or six, I used to spend eight hours in the the gym, you know, conditioning my temple, right? Uh, But I'd spend like eight hours, uh, well, for football in college, I'd spend eight plus hours uh, getting myself ready for, for, for my sport. And I'd spend, oh, in a week, maybe two hours in a whole week. (laughs) I I spent 40 hours for for football and two hours for the Lord. And so that kind of told me who my God was. My God was me and my football, you know, type deal. Uh, So, but your desire, your affections, what you think about, uh, that is a good reason to journal, you know, because you can look back in your journal and go, what were you writing about? If your journal is full of love notes to the Father, yeah, that shows you clearly where your desire is. Um, if you get uh, upset about other people's love relationship with the Father, that tells you that your love is not strong enough. I remember the first time a friend of mine, he he's a friend, he wasn't a friend when he said this, but he shared this testimony about one time he I just finished something. But he took his time, he went off, he bought a dozen roses, packed a picnic basket, drove off middle of nowhere, found this big tree, laid out this picnic spread, and he was going to have a date with the father. And he gave the father uh, a dozen red roses. And the first time I heard that testimony, I thought, what a waste of your time, you know. And roses, God doesn't want roses girls want roses and food is for me and not for God. God doesn't eat chicken. And I had all these rational reasons, which basically just said, this guy loved God more than I did. <laughs> right. But I, I found that if I will focus my attention on him, that any barrier or walls will, will, will fall or he'll give me the, the hammer to crush them. So love shatters fear. Right. Um, if you're looking at the picture I, I have you know unbelief is a big brick in the wall, and so we need to grow in our faith right <clears throat> and growing in faith or belief um, I'm finding you know the simplicity of of not leaning upon I'm, I'm trying to change my understanding to be more in line with his understanding and God has no limits God just says like we're gonna do this I'll go. We're gonna do this with a question mark, and I'll go we need to examine this a little bit more and I get stuck in uh, paralysis of analysis, right um, thinking about it, reasoning it, and reasoning is is um, one of my pastors said that reasoning one of my pastor's in California for all the California people because uh, I did a season in California um, says that reasoning is just unbelief or doubt in disguise, and so uh, that's not good. Um, spiritual understanding versus deep demonic doctrines. First uh, Corinthians fourteen one. I believe it's First Corinthians fourteen one. I'm going to turn there. Exercise your Bible. Your Bible should be highlighted, marked with all kind of stuff. First Corinthians fourteen one. I'm I'm now just checking my verse. This is really good. I think. If I could turn my Bible, I'm turning. Here the page is turning. I gotta change the scripture because it's wrong. It's first Corinthians twelve, one. Now about spirituals. I do not want you to be misinformed. You know, another verse King James says, ignorant. So everyone who has their handout is first Corinthians twelve, not fourteen. This is why I told you to get pen and paper. <laughs> anyway, so you know a lot of us are, are just ignorant. we just don't know stuff. and the Lord got me into the to the congregation I'm at I'm at now on this verse. He says, he told me the name of the the congregation or church I go to is called the Gate. He said, uh, "Get your butt in the gate uh, because you're ignorant of spiritual things." And the Lord at that time had to use a verse for me because I was just, you know you couldn't just speak to me any way he wanted to. He couldn't speak to me as a friend because I wasn't his friend. That's sad. We're invited to have a relationship with the Father, and we don't take advantage of it. So I was not taking advantage of it, so he had to use Scripture for me because it's the only thing that I had value on. I didn't have value on his words. I had value on King James. That's so bad. Anyway, and I was like, first of all, you know, it was like, anyway, so... um, I go there I was I was I was I was offended that the Lord would tell me I was ignorant and um but he, he he we need to be offended because the rules um when the Bible says his ways are not our ways that's not just talking about the difference between him and us it's because we will build laws which are higher than his laws in our brain and act like they're airtight or whatever and that's not true um His ways are higher because we're not walking in His highways, but we have access to them. And we need to to check our belief system and always realign them to His belief system, okay? Which means we need to take out either human doctrines or demonic doctrines, whatever it is, and adjust them, um, swap them out for revelation and spiritual understanding of what's going on. There's so many wrong ways, and, you know, uh, I, hmm... So, um, if you, uh what am I trying to say? On um, Zechariah three is the amazing chapter. Actually, Zechariah chapters one, two, and three, and four. I already one, two, and three. Actually, two and three. is an amazing. Well, the whole book of Zechariah is an amazing. Um, helps you renew your mind on how we're supposed to engage with Angelic. Um, Zachariah's got this guy, has an angel tour guide, guide, is helping him explain stuff, show him stuff. And we need to be walking with our uh, uh, our assigned ones also in a similar way. And not walking, um, not appreciative of that resource, the kingdom that the, the Lord's assigned to us. Um, but there are so many different um, ways that of the kingdom um that we're uh not walking in but we we can walk in them and it's uh he's he's made a way actually he is the way right um the bible says in proverbs there's a way that seems right to man but leads to destruction so we need we should not walk in that way. We should walk in the the ways of the uh, uh the ways of the Lord and the ways of of, of the kingdom and that would be good for everyone and everybody um, and the wild thing is the more you walk in the kingdom um, it not only does it benefit you but it does benefit your, your body and 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 um, even as uh, Andrew posted there about uh, um, the baptism and unity we are we are one um, and what happens to you people on the call really does have a, an impact on me, um, whether I like it or not. Uh, I don't like it, but I need to embrace that, which means I need, you know, no man's an island. We're all a letter written, read by every man. Anyway, so what was I saying? I was babbling about the ways of God. So there's all these wrong paths, um, but he's available to show us the right paths for us as, as individuals, but us as a fa- as, as a family, us as groups, us in a, in a territory. I mean, we've got, you know, coast to coast here. I'm with the East Coast. We've got folks on the West Coast. we got folks in the North up there in Canada on this one call. And the, amazing, we're all part of the same body, um, but we have different responsibilities, right? Um we talked about the gates earlier, you know, um, every gate um, that's that's closed or not fully wide open, we need to take responsibility for our lives and uh, apply the blood of Jesus everywhere um, over gates, over DNA. Um, a good thing is, you know, take communion a lot, um, and that's that's good, good to do. Uh, another act of faith, you know. John six is a good thing there. Um, I mentioned that sometimes I, I know, like when I when I'm um, doing a season of fasting, whether it's you know a day or two or three or, or whatever, when I will uh, shut out images like as, and I won't watch. When I'm really focused on my fast, I won't watch any television at all, uh, or I won't go to the movies. And I've noticed on extended fasts, which include TVs and movies and and food stuff, um, my spiritual visions are sharper. And I I know one thing the Lord showed me is I can satisfy my desire or hunger for seeing into the kingdom. I can satisfy it with a unhealthy snack food or or fast food called television or I can wait until the good meal, a kingdom vision, a kingdom encounter, and I can choose. And I was like, What? Are you telling me for <laughs> you know, I can spend ninety minutes watching a movie or spend ninety minutes in the kingdom? Hmm you know. Wow, that's where your time's at. I used to play a game, a, a computer game called, uh, I guess it's good, I can't remember the name of the game. It was some, I mean it was, it, I guess it's still online, anyway, for me I shouldn't tell you the name so you won't be tempted, anyway, the, the game was about gathering, you're running around, you're killing dragons, that was good, <laughs> you're killing demons, that was good, they were, you know, so I'm thinking. So I had, I had all these spiritual analogies to it. So I'm going around killing all these demons and dragons, and and you're getting all these rewards. You kill a deck dragon, get a diamond, get gold. And I mean, the kingdom principles were amazing. You even had teaming, and you had a fellowship, and it was running around. And I'm playing this game for hours, I and mean, I'm in this, you know, this, in this world, cyber world, and spending hours you know killing dragons and then one day uh the lord goes uh you can do it there or you can do it here and when he said that i thought i had no comprehension and i said i like doing it here because i could see my little avatar running around and i could see my uh account balance increasing uh no it wasn't warcraft or skyrim i did those two but not it wasn't that one uh, but what I, what I found out though, in those games and even, um, uh, those games, which would capture my full imagination to, cause you, you know, I, I could see myself as that person. Um, but the Lord was going like, you can come and kill and gather up here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so, and it's really just been the last two years that. Uh, everything that I experienced in that uh, virtual world, I've I've now realized it is a poor substitute for the things in the kingdom world. Uh, and I I can't tell you how many days I wasted in um, uh, in that virtual world. I would give up sleep. I would you know play all night. Um, sleep for 20 minutes, get some energy drinks, go to work, come back, and and all day at work I'd be strategizing what I was going to do in my virtual world, like at home. And, you know, decades, not decades later, this just years later, probably just, <laughs> it's that years later I can now put the same amount of energy, actually more, into uh, acquiring the exact same stuff, you know. In the virtual game, I had territory and prestige, and uh, I was a high level. <laughs> in, in, in this kingdom, I had the same deal, except for now I have a real loving father, you know, who's always faithful. I can't believe in that virtual game. I trust somebody, and they take all my stuff. I mean, that's true for humans too. But but my my good Father God has never taken anything. Anyway, so all of these 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 the bricks, the wall, or obstacles that I've listed, we can overcome. Um, Everything that, I mean, just the fact that God is for us, not against us, and just the fact in Romans it says, uh, uh, has he not given us Jesus? Will he not give us all things? And so, you know, this is where, you know, our our imagination kind of should kick in, uh, not that you need to imagine more obstacles, but when we get to m- imagine, uh, wow, what's God going to do next? I mean, if you really want an adventure, you know, wake up every day going, okay, Father, where am I going to find you in my day? Whether it's your your work day or your Saturday or your worship day, um the Father is hiding in plain sight, but many of us don't look for him. This is sad. Um, he wants, I mean, and it says as we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Um, and, um, and we can have adventures all the time. God's a, he's a great game player. Um, but we have to play by his rules uh, and not ours. And so just the, uh, the swapping out of our rules, our rules of engagement, our police system for his system, the more we swap, the more we learn. Um, um, some of you have seen some of the um, da, 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 uh, postings from Ian's last conference in California and some of you on the call were at Ian's conferences in California, um, just a whole deal. That uh, I don't know what he said there. I have a, you know, I have a, an inkling. But um, <clears throat> uh, let me go back one. So, some of these leaders, some of the people who are on this call now, who are now doing things for the Father, and they they share that with other believers. That gives us permission to expand our boundaries, right? Um. You know, it was only a year ago or two when I found out. Well, actually, it's three years ago when I realized I had a I had a boundary that I thought creation was just the things I saw. And now I'm, you know, there's galaxies that are creation that I need to be a part of. And so once I know that my boundaries are stretched, I can now ask the Father for more of everything to go be active in the bigger place if you think your boundary is just your family and um, your time span on earth of 80 years then you'll have faith for 80 years and faith for your family and you won't tap into the unlimited energy and power that the Father has available and accessible to us I was having a great conversation with my wife last night about that that um, we can and should access everything in the kingdom and, that, uh, and it's all available to us but sometimes we don't because we, we think we don't or whatever. But we should, and it's good to do that. <clears throat> um, I mean, just the reality and the fact that uh, John 3.3 3 says, if you're born in the kingdom, you, you see. And that needs to be, uh, you, you know, if I endorse tattoos, and I don't. But if I did, you were allowed to get this one, and you could put it on your hand that says, we all see. We, because we all can see in the kingdom. We all do see in the kingdom. We just got to work on changing our belief system that says that, uh, um, whatever reasons we say. We, we, anyway, but we all can see, and we all do see. And we're working on our on our, our seeing portion. Um, we need to uh, unlearn some things, which takes effort we need to learn some things, which you guys are investing right now in your time of learning. But so once you unlearn some stuff and then you learn some stuff, now we have to process or log some hours. And I really have the analogy of of, uh, of pilots, right? You know, they they take the classes, you know, they uh, learn how to fly. Then they have to have, they have, a, they have to, I have flight hours, right? And I, I had one friend growing up in my early twenties that has his license on different types of planes, and you know when you, to go from a, your starter plane to a Cessna and different engines and stuff, you have to log hours there, and and I would encourage all of us to to log hours in the kingdom, and if and if you're at the level of, you know, well. I have an experience, what you experience. but you need to start believing and start stepping in and doing just to step in and doing kind of like Andrew recommended there. Uh, pull those curtains, you know, open the door, close the door, go in, step in, step out. Um, a fun exercise. <laughs> you know, those doors like at Walmart, electronic eye doors, you know. Uh, whenever I go there or to my office has those thingies, I will try to, you know, there's a proximity of about, I don't know, three feet radius where, you know, the eye, <laughs> which you can't see, sees you and opens the door for you. I try to project my spirit towards that so the door will open up way before I get there. So that's a little faith exercise I do um, that those doors trigger me to opening them before I physically get there. so. You need to find stuff to start logging hours as you know in the spirit realm and doing these kind of things. You need to memorize and believe, second Corinthians four eighteen, that you know, look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. You need to lift up your eyes and say, Today I am now seen in the unseen and just spend time seeing and unseen and something will register. Now it may have happened day one or hour one. But if you keep looking, you will see. If you keep believing, you will see, you will see. Uh, and some of us, he you said, know, I give you all permission to see into the kingdom. And that's that's one thing I needed. I needed to know that it was one, it was okay to see, two, that I could see, and three, that I could see by myself. I didn't have, I didn't have to wait to go to a cool worship setting where everyone else created the environment. <laughs> I had to believe that the Bible says that it is the king's good pleasure to give me the, uh, the father's good pleasure uh, so let I me mean you to know his father right and believe he loves you and believe he's faithful and uh, he loves you so much he gives you uh, access to the kingdom the ability to engage in the kingdom the ability to see in the kingdom to be the practice the kingdom and uh, and so it gets funner funner and funner but it's all about engaging um, and one of the ways that we do that is is we need to start um, honoring or placing greater value on the things which are eternal um, not the temporal so like um, well this is a silly example but my glass of juice is very temporal because in the beginning of this meeting it started out as a full glass and it's almost empty But I have my backup bottle of water here. This is all temporary stuff. But we need to honor the eternal. The the eternal things are not seen by our natural eye. So we have to continually tell our brain that there's more to see than what you see. There's more to see than what you've stored. Um, Ian has got some older series that talk about, you know, um, uh, all the things he's done to to trigger his brain. It's really trigger condition trick whatever but we've got to condition you got to tell yourself there's more to see than what you're seeing there's more to perceive than what your eyes are taking in right now i mean every place you guys are right now there is so much activity going on in the kingdom i mean you i mean it's not like you know this is this is wild it blows my mind you know when you do see angels it's not like they weren't there before (laughs) you know um the, the the world of the kingdom is very active around you right now it's active in your bedrooms it's active in your living room it's active wherever you are right right now and if you start believing that there's activity around you one of these days you'll while you're believing you're actually going to lift lift up your eyes and you're going to see a myriad of angels who are waiting for you to speak to them right Uh, my first intentional engagement with angels, I used to go into my dad's living room. For some reason, I I turned the lights off because it helped me believe. (laughs) That was weird. And so I would have these strategy sessions with with angels in my dad's living room because I was trying to believe what the Word said, that um, uh, he's given his angels charge over me. And so, charge over me. And if you do the King James vocabulary, or charge is they were assigned, and the key word was plural. So, in my imagination, but in the practical, I go into my dad's living room. I wait till he was asleep, and mom was asleep, and I'd have these conversations. I didn't talk too loud because I didn't want them to walk in and or walk down the stairs and say, "Who are you talking to?" And then I have to explain my activity, but. I'd have about I don't know, 15, 20 minute conversations. They didn't speak back, but by faith, I knew they were there. And um, uh, I would say, okay, you know, tomorrow we're gonna do this, and I need your help here. And I don't know if you do that. You know, let me know if that's your role. But I need this, 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 and this. And so, okay, we'll be victorious because Jesus promised, and He's for us. And I'd have these conversations, and I'd be, and I would turn to different directions in the room and point my finger. And I really need you to pick up the slack here. You know, and, I would, and I had these team meetings. And uh, uh, I think I did that for, I don't know, a long time before I had any uh, response back. And so we need to practice, but, it, but we need to practice believing there'll be a response. right? Um, it's, it's the same thing when Jesus said, when you pray, believe. So when you do anything... In the uh, by faith, believe. You do any in, prayer is an engagement in the kingdom. Matter of fact, I've actually removed the word prayer from my vocabulary, or almost. Um, you'll rarely hear me say, um, "I pray." What I do, I've 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 transferred the word prayer, replaced with the word engage the kingdom. Okay. And so, um, because I have more value on the words engage the kingdom than I do with prayer. For, ye- for decades, the image that was associated with the word prayer was, I don't know, why, I don't know where this came from, obviously some religious demon, but when, the, when someone said the word pray, I would see a monk with a candle and he was shuffling off to some place to pray. And I had, the word, I had the word ineffective assigned to prayer. I actually believe that there were two types of people on the planet. There were those who did things for for God, for the kingdom, for the advancement of the kingdom, and there was the other group who would pray. And prayer was like you know backup team, and I didn't know the value of it. And so the first church the Lord placed me at, um, there was two things I learned there. I learned about the value and the effectiveness of prayer, and also the role of worship. Um, before going there. I guess in my extra ignorant days of spiritual things. um, I had no value on prayer other than I knew my grandma prayed. And I had zero value on worship. It was like, why are we wasting our time singing songs? Let's get to the Word. I had extreme value on the the value of the Word, but not on any any other kingdom um, things. Anyway, so we need to honor what God honors. And God honors the eternal and things which are everlasting. Which is we need to honor ourselves because we we are that um, Proverbs twenty five verse two you know it's awesome scripture there the honor of God is to hide a thing and the honor of kings is to search of thing, a thing search a matter out there are some people who are frustrated with that principle they think God is hiding things from them actually God is hiding things for you um, as you. As you seek him, you will find him. If you don't seek him, you won't find him. But people want people want God just to pop in their lives without any uh, interaction. God wants you to him to interact. Wants you two to interact, right? And you interact by seeking him, right? in another way is He hides things for you for you to search them out, right? And you know, it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. So if you're not searching a matter, you're not walking in your kingly state. And that means you're all kings. Let's honor him by searching out the, the secrets, which are secrets for our benefit. We need to change our attitude. You know, some of us are lazy, right? Uh, don't be lazy anymore. You need to strengthen your spirit, man. Uh, you need to pray in tongues more than you than you speak in English, right? That's a good exercise, you know. Pick a pick a day and say, "Okay, today I'm going to speak in tongues more than I speak in English." Right, and that's that's tough because I mean I've done it. It's a good exercise, it's a good fun thing to do, um, and uh, it's a good it's a good good growth area there. Uh, we need to build up our, our inner man. Uh, there, there's too many people that are, are weak in the spirit. And they wonder why they're not doing exploits because they're they're weak. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a, uh, it's you and God, but God's given you uh, assets and strength that He wants you to utilize. Um, you need to do your part. There's the God part and there's your part, and we have a responsibility. We need to believe that. You know what you honor, what you value, uh, you value what you value, you appreciate what you appreciate, you're willing to fight for, and we've got to we've got to uh, take the fight to the gate. We've got to have a fight in us. We've got to have a a uh, uh, and a lot of you did it today. That you were, you placed a value on being trained on uh, and seeing the kingdom. That you woke up early uh, to do that. Um, you know, when I first set this time, you know, I was like this this is not my prime time uh, my preference would be you know my prime time i'm a night person so that's my prime deal but this training wasn't just wasn't for me right and there were people are like well you know you need to have it later in the day and it was it was kind of an experiment on my part to see who would be willing to if you will discipline themselves enough to wake up to to engage. Uh, in this class, and so uh, so two points. One, this is the first training uh, of this. Uh, I did have a workshop, but this is the first delivery of the class. So you guys are um, um, first. You, know, you guys are breaking ground, right? So I appreciate that because the level of engagement you're doing right now is setting the the tone for future students. So, on um, on behalf of of the, the next people who take this class, I need you guys to push harder so there's room for them to uh, uh, to, to go to a better place. So what does that mean is the level of, of hunger, desire, pull which is manifested in your questions, manifested in your faith, manifested in what you're believing, manifesting in your transactions, are you trading your lack of understanding for new understanding? The level of transactions that you guys are doing makes room for the next class, right? And so my part is to to lay it out. My part is to hear from the father what I need to deliver. Your part is to engage not only for yourselves but for those who are coming after you. And the next class on this will be Friday, so so don't disengage. You know we're we you know I've, and I've never trained a Skype session longer than than two hours, so. Your faith is, is not only giving me energy, but it's giving those which are coming place, right, uh, for this. So keep engaging for yourself and for those who are coming, okay? Stay in the fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let me uh, let me pause for questions, okay? Um, any questions before we go in this next part? Um, So, if you have a question, you can write it out there or go off of mute and and ask it. So, you know. Okay. No questions. Okay, good. Oh. Okay, sure. Um, so let me repeat your question so uh, question from the the tapes the question is about you know you got people around you that are unbelievers (laughs) they don't believe in engagement with angelic engaging with spirits their concern is um, you know the devil can appear as the angel of light and you can be deceived and and um, and so those are those are valid fears (laughs) okay but what do we do with fear, right? And um, th- this was one of the other um, reasons, uh, the other lock on one of my gates was the fear of being deceived, okay? And the fear of going the wrong way. Now, uh, the only way, so far in my life, that I've dealt with that fear of being deceived, because you know we're all we're all able to be de- be deceived, right? Um, um, so what do you do with that, right? Well, you got to realize that God really is for you, <laughs> okay? Um, and if you are deceived because he loves you so much, he will do everything to, to pull you out of deception, right? But what happens is uh, in the kingdom and actually in the real world, you know, uh, the bigger the battle, the greater the victory, you know, the bigger the risk you take, the bigger the rewards, too, now, if you take no risks and you don't test anything, then you won't you won't have any great exploits, right? So, for your situation with the people that are coming from a small mind or a a cautious view of Christianity, you, what I would what I'm telling you, this what I'm telling you for my deal is I got so dissatisfied with. Uh, my uh, my personal experiences. Um, oh, actually, I, I came to the point where um, I hear these testimonies, you know, outside of my realm, outside of my church, and then I got to where, well, that's true for them and not for me. But then, then I read, um, <clears throat> I was reading about the encounter that Paul had on his way uh, to persecute more Christians. And so, for for your for your people, Andrew, you need to give them scriptural stories of people who went outside the box. They're in a box, right? Called let's stay safe and not and not deal with anything that's not acceptable, right? So when they come at you like that, you go, well, hey, good point, love you, but um, uh, here's one for you guys, um, Matthew 17. Um, Jesus went up on the mountain and he's talking to Elijah Moses I want to have the same kind of experiences that Jesus had okay and so I'm going to be transfigured like that I'm gonna talk to guys who are not on the planet anymore and I'm gonna have the Father engage my life and come over in a cloud and say this is my beloved son his name is Andrew and you guys who don't believe anything, listen to him. So that's what I'm living for, that direction. I'm pursuing the Father, and along the way, I will bump into Moses and Elijah. Okay. And you give them scripture, because that's, that's their framework, is 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 the Bible. Now, and then you go like, and, and Saul, he was full into the law. Actually, you know, he was a Pharisee. He kept the full law. And your friends are keeping the law also. It's the... Pentecostal law, or not a national law, but it's a law. It's a boundaries, right? And you go, well, he had an encounter with a ball of light. You know, Jesus in the form of a, a ball of, of light. It, how do you How do you handle that deal, you know? You had a, had a guy, so what changed my life was, I saw that Saul, who was like myself, doing things with great zeal, had an encounter that radically changed his life more than anything else uh, changes life. And when I saw that, I said, oh my gosh, encounters with the supernatural are no longer optional, they're mandatory because I need to be radically changed. And I saw when I had, uh, well, I saw when people in the Bible or in now had those kind of encounters, they were radically changed more than me going to a conference, more than a book I read, more than chapters that I memorized. I needed supernatural encounters with my father and uh, people, um, people beings in his kingdom, and that's that set me free from myself. I forget, I mean, I'm, I'm I was just like your friends who are who telling you. All the scriptures about your deception—that was my framework four years ago. Okay, and I had—you know—I would have gave you chapters. You know, I would have gone to your house and tied you down to help you not be deceived, not for your benefit, but for my benefit. Okay, so yeah, I mean, there there was there there were lots of scriptures that you can pull out and let them read. It's not a it's not a deep stretch. It's not. Even, well, if you read it in the Hebrew and turn your head ninety degrees, you'll see it this way. It's like. I'm living the life that Jesus lived because that's what He said. And if you want to live lesser, go for it. You know, um, yeah. And and out of that group, see, they all have a relation with the Father, and the Father wants them to have more. Okay, it's just not you. I mean, you're. I mean, you know, you may be outnumbered, but you're not out. You're not outmatched because the Father wants them fully active in the kingdom. Okay. And, and the cool thing is, you're not alone. I mean, you may be alone-ish in your, in your church, in your, in, your, in your adult group. But there's, there's millions of people... Uh, is it millions? Yeah, there's millions now that are having encounters that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm old enough to know, you know, how, 30 years ago, there were like three people who honestly said they had, you know, seen God or gone to heaven and came back. But all those people had died and went. And I remember one brave soul who I ended up meeting, you know, didn't die, went to heaven, and wrote a book about it. And he was in one group, the stock, Other groups, he was like, wow, is that possible? He was a pioneer, right? And right now, you're, right now, you're pioneering in your, in your local church. Uh, you're setting the standard. You're, you're shaking up the, the norm, right? And keep doing it. <clears throat> And um, that's good. So, uh, any more questions? Okay. I hear you well. Yeah. So, 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 so coming into this Skype session, talking about seeing into the invisible is doing something to your neurons right now. Okay. So you're already doing that. Okay. Um, what what we think is impossible is to see in the natural and the supernatural at the same time. Actually, we have the capacity to do that, and um, we have the capacity to do that and not. Lose our mind, if you will. Um, so, so it's it's important to uh, affect our belief system. It's important to realize that you know there, there's not a there's not a difference between the spirit realm and a dimension; they're actually the exact same thing. Okay, uh, it's just it's just the fact. Dimension is an acceptable word in the scientific realm, while you, spirit realm is not an acceptable word in the scientific realm. And as most believers get smarter or, uh, again, it's a, it's a vocabulary thing, right? Um, in some circles, you can say spirit realm, but you can't say dimension, right? Or you can say uh, quantum physics, but you can't say spirit realm. I mean, there, there are believers, I mean, there are tr- traditional t- denominational Christians who have faith in quantum physics because, and, because quantum physics is about the unseen realm, the unseen realm is the spirit realm. The unseen realm is a dimension, and so it's all the same words, but some people have faith for the different words, right? And so, like when you talk about neurons and stuff, and like you know, the fact that we actually are uh, beings which are you know, that are driven by electricity, you know, we're energy beings. That those, those words are foreign to many people who have a, a doctrine, a church doctrine, which is, which is void of the word energy, right? Um, and it's just because we're just ignorant, you know? And the more that we uh, understand the Father, the more that we'll understand uh, everything. We'll understand science. We'll understand stuff, right? Um, the Bible by itself does not fully uh, communicate everything of our, of our Father God. It gives a good slice, but not everything, right? Um, a book on physics is the, is about, physics is physical properties, right? But we live in a realm that's more than physical properties. There's non-physical properties. So we need information on non-physical. Um, we need information on everything because as, as people of a different kingdom and the kingdom, and we're created in His image. We need to be good stewards over everything that's under His feet too, right? So yeah, we we need to be uh, 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 well versed, if you will, in lots of things. But again, um, with our time and energy, you know, where where do you strengthen yourself at? Right? Uh, you need to strengthen yourself at at whatever the Father is leading you to be more. Uh, a subject matter expert on if you will so um, yeah Uh, does that help at all? Yeah, and, and it's what, it's like. Um, it it is a it is an endurance thing, right? It's like um, uh, you know I I have not read um, the four volumes of War and Peace because <clears throat> that's too much reading, you know. Um, but I'd like to read the uh, the, the the historic uh, references from Josephus because I like biblical history, right? Um, uh, earlier in my life, I used to read encyclopedias because I liked knowledge, right? Some of us can't sit down for 20 minutes because we get, we're not trained that way. But, uh, what we need to do is start believing to, uh, endure in spiritual things longer. And then our, our body will catch up, right? Um and we need to realize who we really are and what authority we have over our neurons over our dna over our skin over our aging ability and then walk in that belief system and not under the i mean you know when we really realize who we really are and if we spend more time into the kingdom of god we'll start operating in those laws and not the laws of earth which is bound by time and the rotation of, uh, of of Earth around the sun, uh, we're not we're not subject to that. But we believe that, right? Our we I mean, like we're we're time conscious, even though uh, time isn't a isn't is, is not a constant. Time changes, but we regulate ourselves to that. We regulate ourselves to things. I mean. Uh, air pressure. Air pressure on earth is like 14 pounds per square foot, which means every human being is walking with 14 pounds of pressure. But since you've always had 14 pounds of pressure on your body all your life, um you don't think you're you you have a pressure because you're used to it. But if you leave this planet and go to another planet with less air pressure, that's when, you know, if you watch um uh the Disney movie uh, about Mars. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, oh, Virginia. What is the name of the silly movie? Anyway, the guy goes to Mars and he can jump and leap and he's strong. Thank, thank you, Andrew, he's about to get it for me. Um, because the air pressure there was, is lighter. Uh, so, but we condition ourselves to our environment. But once we start conditioning ourselves, not my no, not my favorite Martian. It's uh, uh, something of Mars. Uh, John Carter of Mars. The John Carter movie is awesome because it's about a movie of a guy who's living in two different dimensions at the same time, and that gives yourself permission to believe it's possible by just watching a silly movie, right? But it is a reality. of The Kingdom, Jesus said, He's we are seated in heavenly places right now, right? So our belief system, you know, I was pondering this two years ago. I was pondering, since I believe that gravity is holding me here, I think I've given value or I've given authority to the law of gravity because I've accepted that. What if I start believing that the law, I'm not subject to the law. Can I, can I, with my own belief system, disconnect from that law? I actually think I can, but I think I'm afraid I not doing it, right? Yeah, we have to unlearn gravity. We have to unlearn gravity and then learn the other laws, right? And then we have to believe it. Uh, one day last year, I was at a, uh, I was going to a meeting. I forget what I was doing on the way there, but when I stepped into the, it is the way you think is the problem, um, what Andrew said. I stepped into this meeting and for some reason this thought came. It wasn't a a faith deal. I don't remember if it was a testimony, but all of a sudden I had this thought, and I said it to the Lord, like, Lord, why can't I just uh, turn invisible right now? And the Lord goes, there's one thing keeping you from doing that. And when he said that, I was amazed that it was only one thing, because I thought he'd say there was 225 things reason why I couldn't do it. And I said, "There's, there's one thing? There's only one reason why... This second, I can't turn invisible. He goes, "Yep." So you're afraid of what they're thinking. I turned around, and because I was in a public event, I said, and I looked back, I said, "I'm afraid of what they think." I don't even know those people. Well, I knew some of them, but I was like, man. Then I, I was mad at myself that I was afraid of. I had a fear, so a a fear of man was keeping me from. Turning invisible. I thought, man, I thought I conquered fear already. All right, all right, let's go on. Good questions, folks. Let's get, okay. Um, John 6 29. This is a good, good verse for all of us who have um, legal issues and performance issues and working for the kingdom issues. John 6 29 says, Jesus replied, This is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent, that you cleave to trust, rely on, and have faith in his messenger. So if we need to work on anything, we need to work on that one thing called belief. And we just had some good questions with Segway. Great. in here. so thank you guys for asking that thing, asking those questions. This is the... This is the work. This is what we need to discipline on. This is what we need to focus on. Um, we need to work on believing. We don't need to work on. We can work on imagining. Imagining that's fine. It gets us kind of the belief. But we need to figure out how we personally believe. What are the things which are stopping us from believing? What are the things that we need to unlearn? What are the things we need to learn? What are the things we need to believe? Obviously, the Bible is a good source of the things we need to believe. Um, there's some good. There's some people. There's some believers out there who are, they're believing believers who believe. We need to get to know them, and then as we're as we're getting to know them, we need to compare our lives and go, hmm, what do they believe that I don't believe? And this is where, this is where we we, we suffer really a lot in the Western world. We don't really do self analysis. We do self inspection, introspection, which we just get we condemn ourselves. But we need to honestly go. Okay, if that guy is walking on water, it's not about okay that I'm gonna walk on water. Is what does he believe is different from what I believe? Okay, we need to line those things up. Okay, that's that's the that's 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 the issue. And then once you figure out okay, then we say well I believe the same things he does. And uh, here's here's something that we we mess up, and, and most of us on this call, I think, are familiar with you know, Ian Clayton. We'll we'll compare our life and actions with, say, Ian. We'll go. Ian did uh, what's an Ian thing that's wild for me. Uh, I won't tell you that one because that's not public. Um, uh, uh, one of his translocations. So, Ian pops over to China, or yeah pop over to China and has a secret meeting with Underground Church. And so I'll go, man, I want to pop over to China and talk to Underground Church. Well, that's okay, but me wanting to do something Ian did will, will not help me to get there. What I should be asking is, what is Ian believing that I don't believe? What is What is Ian not believing? that I should be not believing to. Okay? Why does Ian believe he can do that? Because his belief allows him to do. So, if we would focus on changing our beliefs and not trying to do, we'd be better off. Does that make sense? Uh, We need to work on our belief system, not working on our do system. Ooh, I like that. Everyone write that down. Tattoos, everyone. Our Forget our do system, work on your belief system. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to write a new book. I had to write that down. Do system versus the belief system. Do system. Sorry for my rev there. But we 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 get so fixated on people's doing, um, we forget to uh, change our beliefs. And we just honor, well, we don't honor. We're bad here in the West. We idolize, you know. And, yeah. Bad, 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 bad. So stop idolizing. Find out what they believe. Change your beliefs. Dump your fears. Unlearn and learn. Okay. <clears throat> so we need to work on our beliefs. Um, uh, it's in your thingy, but ask these questions in his presence and write the responses and live, because if see when you ask a question, write it and we ask the father questions, like I did, why? Why can't I disappear now? Okay. He answered with, you have, there's one thing, and he answered and told me, the one thing is your fear of man. So now I need to go address my fears, kick them out, and then add some beliefs, and that's called growth, right? So if you want to grow, ask the Father questions, write down the answers, and um, that's how you grow. So what are the desire, so are you being a king and searching out the matter right? Um, what areas are you believing for right? I mean, uh, and don't be scattered. You know, um, you can believe anything you want to, but I've found that you need to pick pick one and and build a case or build a foundation for it right, um, and that that just helps you right. And you know, and then start. You know, um, it's like for uh, in the natural. For years, I wanted to uh, bench press twice my body weight, so I did stuff to be able to do that. I changed my workout, changed my diet. Uh, I did things. What are you doing right now to be a better friend of God? And I don't know. That, I don't know what your goals are, but you need to figure what your goals are. You can't be floating around as a Christian. You need to figure out who you who you are in the kingdom. Uh, delight in your identity, your unique identity. You're not a clone of somebody else. Once you find out who you are, and like it, that's the other one. You gotta like yourself. Um, if you love God, you'll like yourself. If you love God a whole lot, you're sort of loving yourself. If you love if you love God a whole 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 lot he will love you, and you'll delight in the things that He's called you to do. Um, you'll get pleasure and strength and energy for walking out your scroll and your destiny. You'll spend time in His presence. You'll spend time doing stuff. You'll, you'll spend time. You'll it, it's it's your belief, do. But we He won't give you energy to something that you don't delight in. And we get great delight from intimacy with Him. So some of you have, have never had a. Lovey-lovey, talky-talky with father, father. <laughs> and so, what does that mean? And some of you, oh, this is bad. This is true. This is bad. Some of you uh, are so focused on stuff, uh, you've you've lost your your first love, right? Or you're not uh, greatly engrossed with an intense romantic. Uh, infatuation love for the Father. You know, it's, it's an easy task. Or is there anyone around you who's, who's jealous about your relation with the Father? Someone envies your relationship with the Father? Not your gifting, not envying your ability to go to conferences, not envying even your peace, or envying whatever. Is there anyone who's Envying your relationship with the Father because you, you have public displays of affection for God. There's <laughs> no uh, one envying me either. Well, let me rephrase it. But let me tell you, this. I had a friend, uh, and I still have him. We're at a conference, and um, he goes off to go to the, to, the, to the men's room. And he's gone for like way too long. I'm like, dude, where are you? You're missing the conference. Well, it wasn't the conference. He, we're we're going to leave. And I looked back there, and uh, these two ladies uh, had stopped him on the way back because when he walked by them, his joy, which he wasn't laughing, there was nothing um, audio or physical uh, on him, but when he came back through, the joy that he carried hit them, and they were like, what was that? What do you have that... We don't have, and they wanted him. He wasn't the guest speaker; he was just an attendant, attendee of the conference. But they wanted something he had, and they were actually like, "How did you get that?" You know, and part one person was actually mad about it. And so, you know, if we would if we would start believing um, what the Father says about us, and believing in that His love, or do some First John four stuff of we love because He first loves us. If we'd focus on um, that energy, so much more fruit would come out of that than us trying to do stuff that we think we should be doing. If we would work on believing and resting in, resting in him, um, that's where it is. you know um, there, there really is a place called rest. It's resting from the works. It's resting from the striving, it's re- it's resting from the doing. It's just coming to the place of believing. If our foundation is intimacy in Him, then we'll be fine. And uh, that's that's the issue that uh, we need to we need to do and and, and work on. It's just believing if we stay engaged and delighting in in him then it would be it would be extremely, extremely 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 good thing and that would be good for all of us um yeah wow. so that's the work so everyone should you know on your piece of paper write down i'm going to work on believing i'm not going to work on uh Wally's not going to work on his new book, and it's more important to work on his love relation with the father, and and uh, you know. But we can, you can work on anything you want to, right? But if you want to change, <laughs> uh, Hebrews 4:11. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter into the rest of God. This rest is to know and experience, we get to know him and experience him for ourselves. That no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience like they fell in the wilderness. And like, so, so in our lives, you know, we're all, you know, we're all believers on this call and we're all have some level of fellowship with people. So we're all running a race some of us are running at different levels of, of faith, different levels of belief. Some of us are striving, but there's there's a place in the Lord that uh, uh, we can be in, and um, and just walk in the being part, and just be loved. And some of us need to stay in that place until He says, "Okay, let's leave here. Let's leave this." Um, this soaking area. Let's leave this uh, love chamber. Let's leave. But what we do is we do a, a drive by. You know, we get a hug from God and we go off and do some work. I think we need to stay in that embrace a little longer. Um, if you stay in his embrace longer and longer and longer, um, that embrace will take away the need to prove yourself because that embrace will be. Uh, uh, will mark you as one of His and you won't have to try to show off to show you are one of His. And that's just a waste of time. I'm finding that to be true. Um, my security is not based on my revelations or knowledge or stuff I do. My security is based on the fact that I know that I'm loved and accepted. And when I start, when I, when I have a revelation of that and then the other revelations go forth much stronger. Uh, it's kind of wild, um, yeah. But but it takes work, though. To if you know, and this is where I just kind of want to, yeah. This is where uh, uh, you have to work to find out what you're really thinking, what your real belief system is. Uh, some of us think we're believing believers. Other of us know we're not. We know that we're believers, but we, do we believe just that one fact that we're loved and accepted and that we don't have to do anything to please Him. We can just rest in Him and listen to His voice. And the fact that we can listen to His voice, that we can, He's speaking. Some of us don't believe that. Um, and what I'm finding is we need to address our, all levels of our mind. We need to believe our conscious mind. We're hopefully you're consciously engaged to this Skype session, but there's another conscious is your subconscious. What do you really, really, really believe? You know, um, are you believing that uh, uh, everything God says in the Bible is true for you? Or are you believing some of it at the subconscious level? What I'm finding is that uh, we need to be in agreement with ourselves. We need to be, we need to agree, our spirit is in total union and agreement with the Word of God and God's Word. Word of God the written stuff and Word of God the spoken stuff that He speaks to you. But at a conscious level are you in union? At a subconscious level are you in union? And at an at a unconscious level are you in union? And I'm finding that the only, the only ways, and there are two ways. One is uh, an immense amount of time in his presence, and the second one is, very close to that, is meditating. Meditation will actually take you below your conscious level, and help realign your belief system at the subconscious level. And that's where that's where the battle is inside of people. Um, you know, the book. Uh, uh, the mind's a battlefield. This is really the battle. It's the, your conscious level versus your subconscious level. Um, if, there's, if there's a contention from between your conscious and your subconscious, if they're not in agreement, then the, the, the strongest one wins. And usually the strongest one is really your, your, your subconscious. That's who you really are. That's the you that's in private. It's kind of like you know one year in college, um, you know my my conscious or my persona that was perceived by people was very positive and upbeat, uh, but one day somewhere, I'm not. A, this thought came. You know, hey, things aren't going well. Might as well make a change. So, um, be depressed. And I was like, I don't do depression. But inside, I was pondering that. So, at a, at a subconscious level, I was uh, not in unity with myself. Subconsciously, I was thinking, "This is going well. This must mean I'm not as good as I think I am." Conscious level, I was speaking right, declaring right, uh, living pretty good, but I was divided. And many of us are divided. And the only way you know that you're divided or whole is really as the, as the Father tells you, you know. And um, we need to 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 uh, be engaged with Him and really this is part of meditation is, a, is, a, is an act of setting your mind on the things of God um, and that will work so I would just encourage you to take authority of your conscious and your subconscious and your unconscious so that you can be re- strengthen yourself um, on the Father's intentions so that you can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might um, and that would be a good thing because uh, intent and focus is uh, a great thing for the kingdom, great thing for you, and uh, a great thing in, in the glory. And that's just true. Um, hmm, okay. I think it's all I want to share there. Um, yeah, so, uh, so let's, just for a minute, I want to... Uh, take us there. I want to I I do a, a little activation, a little exercise. If you guys will follow along with me. And, yeah. Because we, we want to take our mind, um, and really, I see ourselves giving our, our mind uh, to the Father and, and doing a trade. I want us to trade our intentions um, his intentions okay so if you guys would um follow along with me you know not repeat just follow along we're gonna step into the kingdom and go to that throne of grace uh for this time of need okay so lord we thank you for all that you've done for us and as and as your sons and uh and as your as your kids, we first acknowledge you as as a, a good father, and we acknowledge the fact that you said that you uh, uh, it's your pleasure and delight to give us the kingdom, and we know the truth that Jesus made a way for us. We walk in that way, we step into your kingdom now by the blood of the lamb. yeah we acknowledge that you're the one that you're the one that has is the high priest. The high priest uh, prepares the lamb for sacrifice. The lamb, the sheep doesn't cut itself. He just presents himself. And we um, volunteer to be in your family because you made a way. And so we yield our lives to you. We know this is the acceptable form of worship. So we come to you. We draw close to you. Um, your word says that uh, we can come to your throne of grace and receive mercy for our time of need. This is our time. We come before your throne now. And we're, we're, we're here to make an exchange. Um, we, our desire um, is to be um, believers who believe and who walk in that belief. Um, we repent before you for doubt and fear and all these uh, uh, multitude of reasons why we've not believed. We have not believed. We take responsibility for our unbelief, and we lay our unbelief and actually, you know, take your hands and just uh, like you're giving something, and, and just as a real act, you know, take your real hands and and place them in front of you and and like you're laying something at at his feet at his throne Uh, exchange your your unbelief your current belief system uh, for a new belief system Uh, you want to you want his his ways you want his higher ways you want uh You want his higher ways, and not anything less than than that. And you make this exchange at his at his throne, um, and you receive not only mercy, but you receive back his uh, capacity to believe, his capacity to understand his kingdom. It's his kingdom, and he's giving it to us. So we receive back. Um, a capacity to believe, uh, <clears throat> the capacity like Abraham believed beyond his circumstances. Um, we receive that capacity right now. We receive your understanding. We don't lean or trust in our understanding anymore. Uh, we repent for thinking we're smarter than you. Um, And we receive uh, the mind of Christ. Wow. We receive the mind of Christ now. Actually, put your hand on your your forehead and just uh, um, impart the mind of Christ to your head. And this is, you know, you're taking authority over your brain Your brain is under your jurisdiction, so you know. Put your hands on your forehead and say, "Brain, receive the mind of Christ." You're you're a believing brain, not a doubting brain. You're a faith brain, not a fearful brain. Um, You perceive the things of the kingdom. You don't disregard the things of the kingdom. You brain, you see. uh, You see and perceive the unseen. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I'm the head, not the tail. I've been born from above. I'm not just a child of my knowledge and what I've acquired. Woo-hoo. Okay. So, usually when I get before the king and for a throne, I, I kneel, so I always see myself kneeling before the throne not kneeling as in I'm unworthy, but kneeling in honor of the King and kneeling the point of receiving from Him. And I can see Him, uh, just as we laid hands on ourselves, I see Him laying hands on us individually of a blessing that's the Father's blessing, to receive the Father's blessing, the Father's approval, the Father's acknowledgement. As we walk in the ways of the Father, we are His sons, were led of His Spirit. Yeah. So in this place, when you when you enter into the the Father's throne room, it's always good to uh, not to turn your back on the Father, but just to back out and and do your best to have eye contact with them. And we is back out of the throne room, and we step back here and. And we're back, you know, in our bedrooms and living rooms and wherever we are in our Skype session. And when, when you step in like we did and now we've stepped out of the kingdom, this is where we, the, the other part of responsibility is, is, is the administration of that. This is how, this is why it's good to journal and take notes. This is where you go, okay, I just made a transaction. I received the mind of Christ. I received the blessing from the Father. If you write that down, you can look at what you wrote and go, wow. And then you can choose to believe it again. You know, because just as you had to choose to believe that we went there, you get to choose to believe that and review it. And every time you review that encounter with the Father, it gets stronger in your neurons. It gets stronger in the uh, your frequencies. It gets stronger in the. Uh, this is how you take territory. This is how you keep your gates open by reviewing what you recorded. So, you know. So it's recorded on this tape so you can listen to it again. It should be recorded in your notes. It's recorded in your memory. Um, But as you review it, it gets stronger. And this is how you change your mind and you establish your belief system by stepping into the King, receiving from the King, coming back and administrating that in your life. This is the value of testimony. of, at minimum speaking it to yourself you know out loud wow earlier today I went before the king I repented of a couple of things I received the mind of Christ I received his blessing I'm a blessed son of God who has access to the king at all times that's renewing your mind that's changing your life that's being uh, really born from above that's the demonstration of being born from above alrighty thank you